Hello, this is your boy Ocho, and welcome to the Health and Swell Podcast. What's up? Sorry that I yelled there, but I'm really excited. I am no longer in Toronto. I am in Ottawa, and I'm recording this while my phone charges on my sister's apartment's floor. Apartment, house, I'm not really sure what you would call this, townhouse. Anyway, I made it to Ottawa. Uh, Toronto was a blast. Shout out to all the people I met there. You guys were amazing. Shout out to that city. Shout out to the Raptors. Toronto is way better than I thought. I mean, coming from Montreal, we hate Toronto. Now I don't. I think it's great. I mean, it's no Montreal. Nothing is, but yeah. So, here we are in the penultimate episode of Season 1 of the Health and Swell Podcast. And this one's going to be a doozy, let me tell you. It's pretty long, so be uh, be prepared. But you're really going to get to understand and know your boy. That's right. It's a solo episode, and it's just me talking about myself. Then I get into a whole bunch of different topics. I talk about marijuana. I talk about baby boomers, I get really, really, really heated about baby boomers, and I uh, start calling out some people. I don't mean to be harsh about this, but it's very important to me to be as real and authentic as possible. I even talk about my ex in this a bit. So we get into some uh, some things, right? I talk about my incredible story, how I got through the two brain surgeries, how I've uh, been on this health and wellness journey and then of course I go deep into the carnivore diet as I always do so before we get into the episode little plugs I want to talk about obviously go to www.patreon.com forward slash health and swell and become a member of the swell fam honestly we want to keep this as very very minimally um edited and also we don't want a lot of ads I hate hearing ads and that's why we got the patreon on so that we can keep this as ad free as possible and if you can please, please, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it, that's great, because then you'll get up-to-date information about when the new episodes are released. And then go to Apple Podcasts and leave this podcast a re- review. It can be a bad one, I don't really care. Basically, leaving your review allows this podcast to be distributed more widely, it can be found easier, which is just absolutely amazing. So if you're ready to just hear me talk about a bunch of different shit for two hours, Get ready. I just hope this is a very inspirational story for you. I mean, fuck, it's been a journey up to the Health and Swell podcast, you know what I'm saying? So, if you are ready, let's sit back and relax with me. Woo! Talk to you later. Okay, everyone. So, I guess I'll start by just talking about myself. Everyone loves talking about themselves. You know, one funny thing about me is people say I'm very vain, um, and I, I've come to realize it's true. I, I, I will admit it. I, when I go buy a mirror, I'm just like, damn, who that fine motherfucker? <laughs> no, it's not really that um, crazy, but I also want to apologize if you hear sniffles. Uh, I'm kind of getting through like a little bit of a cold on my last days here in Toronto, so yeah, I guess my immune system caught something. I don't know what, you know, 
But yeah, welcome. This is going to be the solo episode. I really do not know what we're going to end up talking about. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to talk about nutrition. I'm going to talk about nutrition science. That's pretty much a given. You're going to hear me talk about a lot of cool shit. But yeah, we are ready to kill this today. So I guess what I really should do, though, is I should start from the beginning of my journey towards creating a podcast, towards everything that I'm doing today. I never used to be like this. So give you a little bit of background about me. I'm 28 years old, uh, born and raised in beautiful Montreal, Quebec. Alors, je parle français, why, why, why? I actually met someone from France here in Toronto, and he was kind of making fun of my uh, my uh, accent. Also, I didn't shout him out in the intro, so Alex, you're a legend too, buddy. I'm sorry I forgot you. You're a really cool guy. And yeah, um, you know, living in Montreal has been great. I think it's a fantastic city, and I've traveled to a few cities that are really great too, but Montreal will always be my home base. I love, love, love that city. It's, it's fantastic, the multiculturalism, uh, the blending of European and North American culture. It's really cool. If you haven't visited Montreal, go check it out. And I think we're going to be, uh, Canada in general is just getting cooler and cooler and cooler. Raptors just won the World Championship. We're really, really popular on social media. Shout out TikTok. Um, and yeah, I just think Canada is getting um, much more well-respected in the world, which is cool, while the States is just going to shit. Um, I'm a big political person, if you didn't know. But I don't like talking about politics too, too much. Eventually, we're going to have some guests on that will focus more on politics. Uh, that's something I definitely want to do in the future. But, in, you know, these days, I'm trying to keep out of politics. I'm trying to create a clutter-free life for me. I want to learn, know, and learn nothing about politics. i got to be honest. I just want to explore and be kind of open-minded to everything and make my decisions that way. I want to, I want to start over like a blank canvas. And that's one of the reasons why I traveled, so... Yeah, but anyway, um, about me. So I'm 28 years old, like I said. I grew up with a pretty great life, I'd say. I mean, I have great parents. They were always very, very kind, nice to me. They gave me everything I wanted, pretty much. I mean, not to the max, but I've lived all over Montreal. I was born, um, well, in Montreal, at St. Mary's Hospital. If you don't know anything about St. Mary's Hospital in Montreal, straight up, we are, or uh, that hospital, I should say, all the Italians are born there. It's pretty cool. Parent, my, my my dad was born there. So yeah, I'm an Italian, Canadian, although I was born in Canada, so was my dad. Uh, and my One of my grandparents was actually moved to Italy, uh, moved to Canada um, not long after being born. And one of them, I think, actually moved to Canada before being born, like their family. So yeah, we're not, uh, we're one of the first waves of immigrant Italians to come through uh, to Canada, I guess, or to Montreal. I got a lot of friends who, they came in the 60s. We came in like the early 1900s. Oh, 1900s, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my uh, Italian side grew up in Villa Mart. And if you go to Villa Mart in Montreal, it's basically a bunch of Italians. And, yeah. That's, what I, that's one side of me. And the other side of me is actually Belgian. But we've been living in Canada, from what I understand, for a long, long time. I'm not, uh, I'm proud of my Belgian heritage because I'm pretty sure I'm Walloon, uh, and, uh, if you don't know anything about Walloon, uh, they're pretty much warriors and kind of, like, stocky, they, uh, eat, I think they eat a lot of meat, that would make a lot of sense, um, but yeah, we, uh, my ancestry comes from the north, and if you actually go further back, I have, we were Albanian, and we went to Italy in the 1400s, so that was really cool, so we actually, where I come from in Italy, which is a town called Ururi, in the Campo Basso region, uh, we speak a dialect of Italian that's most, it's actually very, very much, very, very similar to Albanian. Uh, Abresh or Albanese is what we speak, um, and it's really, really cool. And I'll tell you a cool story about, uh, Ururi. 
Uh, I was supposed to go last time I did traveling five years ago, but I ended up going to Budapest instead and got absolutely hammered every day and had a really good time. Went cave diving too, so that was really cool because considering what um, my current situation is, I don't know if I'll be able to do something like that ever again. So I'm really glad I got to experience that. But yeah, uh, my parents though went on a cruise last year and uh, I told them like, hey, if you go to Oruri, all you have to do is say our last name, Okeanero. Which actually translates to black eye in Italian. Occhio means eye. And nero means black. It's like pin, occhio is pin eye. So occhio. So anyway I said yo just go to Ururi and say our name. Because I'm pretty sure there's going to still be Okinero's there. And they're like no 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 I'm sure not. But sure enough. They get to Ururi and apparently they not only were there Okinero's. There was like almost only Okinero's and Tercillo's I think. And De, Ro- De Rossi's. Uh, De Rosa. De Rosa. Sorry not De Rossi. Um, and yeah, they ended up getting invited to this like party for an Orcanero. I think it was a wedding, and they ended up getting treated like kids because they're that's where the Okaneros live. So Uruguay still got tons of Okaneros, and I've actually connected with Okaneros all around the world. A lot of us are in Ohio. A lot of us are in Argentina, of course, because so many Italians go to Argentina. And um, yeah, it was really funny. So I, I gotta get to Uruguay one day. I'm sure I will um, with my travels. I'll get into my travel shit soon, but. Yeah, I was born and raised in Montreal with a great life. I've always been pretty um, extroverted. Although when I was younger, I was a little shyer and I was a little more insecure. Uh, but I was always a very curious lad, I guess you can say. Always asking questions. I was lucky because one of my grandfathers was a really, really intelligent guy. and I, used to, I love that man. And honestly, a lot of people say that when he died, I changed a bit. Uh, we were really close. He died when I was about four. And I remember this very, very specifically. Um, my mom was getting calls because he had a heart attack and she's getting informed while she was at home and she was crying and, and I remember like asking her, is it okay, is it okay, it's okay and then when she told me no, he passed on, I remember we had this really, really long hallway or it seemed long to me as a four-year-old in La Prairie because that's where I lived until I was about four in La Prairie which is in the south shore of, I guess, the Montreal area. I remember running down this hallway and then going on my knees and like dramatically almost like, Stella! From a streetcar named Desire, uh, shut up Marlon Brando. I remember putting my arms on and going, No! I was fucking devastated when that man uh, died. And uh, his name was Henry Babe, and he was a really, really, really fascinating man. A little grumpy, some would say. Um, but I remember him just being really, really nice to me, and we used to read a lot together. And he was very, very intelligent, knew a lot about science. He even donated his body to science. And he was an Artist. He was a very, very talented cartoonist, actually, and he uh, he was well known. He lived in Detroit. He he worked for Montreal CFCF uh, owns, I guess you can say, which is like CTV, and he did like the graphics for that. And he has a lot of cool comics out there. So if you want to search Henry Babe, B A E B. That's right. My mom's last name is Babe, B A E B. That's pretty hilarious. I always find. Yeah, he's a really cool guy, but he died when he was four, and apparently I changed after that, um, and I, I, I don't know, I see it. I, I kind of got a little little frustrated with things, um, and I think the reason for that was because, and look, this is going to sound arrogant, I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but I was always kind of like a, a very, very, very intelligent kid, and I was very curious, but my mind is always all over the place, like I, I have ADHD, I was diagnosed officially uh, last year, actually. Um, so I have signs of ADHD. So my, my mind's all over the place. Um, and when I was a kid, I think my grandfather was able to, like, really, really calm me down or something. Because when he died, I remember getting a little angrier about things. 
Uh, I'm not an angry person, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm pretty happy, actually. And right now, these days, I'm fucking happy. You have no idea. Shout out to the carnivore diet. But <laughs> we'll get into that later. Uh, so, yeah, my life was pretty cool. I lived in La Prairie until I was about four or five. And then moved to Point Claire when I was six. And I was there until about eight. And then I moved to La Salle, uh, southern part of the island, right by the, by the water. It's kind of a suburby place. I moved next to my aunt and uncle. Um, which was really cool because then I got really close to my aunt and uncle, um, Carlo and the rain. And, uh, yeah, that's where I pretty much have been living since, um, moved here and there. I stayed in like houses in, uh, downtown core, I guess you can say of Montreal for a bit, but that was mostly just to party and be a complete fool. We'll get to that soon. But yeah, I was in, um, Point Claire and then I went to LaSalle and when I was a young kid, so probably when I was about six, seven, eight years old, I was very much into making money. And I never really told anyone about this, but I was always like looking up, I was collecting hockey cards, looking up the prices for them and getting ready to just sell them all. Uh, I was looking at Beanie Baby prices. I mean, I was just really, really an entrepreneur, man. You have no idea. Um, I even went as far as, uh, you know, like when you had to sell charity chocolate bars, you uh, had a price, right? So you'd sell them for the price and you give them money. So I'd upsell them by a buck and keep the change. So I was really, really, really like very keen on making money as an entrepreneur. I remember trying to sell stuff even as a young kid. Um, but then in grade four, actually, things changed because my first report card, I crushed it. Like I really started getting really good in school. Uh, I always had a fantastic memory. School was always relatively easy for me, but when I was in grade eight, early on, I was more focused on the money and making money part of things, and I wasn't using my intelligence to do well in school. But something happened in grade four. I think it was a teacher I had. Her name was Miss D'Alessio. She changed my, my life. She was a, a, a great woman and probably the best teacher I've ever, ever had. Um, and she basically... Um, I, I, I don't think she... She knew how much of an entrepreneur I was, but she saw how smart and intelligent I was. So be, being a teacher, she obviously wanted me to do well in school. So after my first report card, I killed it. And then that's when teachers, parents were basically saying, hey, you're going to get into a good high school. You're going to get into a good stage app, And then you're going to get a degree. And you're going to become like a doctor or a lawyer. Mostly lawyer because I was so argumentative, right? Before that, uh, I was mostly into like film, movies. Acting, performing, being entertaining, uh, which is what I really, really like. I, that's what I really like to do, the entrepreneur, entertainer. But um, but because I did well in school, then it, it shifted. And then be, because I'm a kid, right, like you don't know what you want. I mean, you could. I, and I, I hope when I have children, I'm going to instill upon them this idea that they can do whatever the hell they want. And they should follow it, whatever they want to do. And school is not necessary to succeed in life. But, I mean, my parents are coming from a time where... Getting an education was something that they didn't have the opportunity to do. I mean, they had to go to work, right? They couldn't get to go to school. Uh, so they just wanted what they thought was best for me, and that was going to school, getting a good job. They didn't know that things were going to change, right? So I listened, uh, and then I became obsessed with getting into a really, really good high school so I can get a good education, so I can go to university, become a lawyer. That was my plan all throughout elementary. And, I mean, it didn't, it didn't help that, like, you have no idea. I never studied once, and I was getting like 100% on almost everything. I remember once I got like an 88% on the test, because I don't know what happened. I just spaced and did got some mistakes, and I tried. An 88. That's like really good, but in elementary, excuse me. 
in elementary, that like uh, it was either a hundred, nineties or a hundred, or I was pissed. So I was getting good grades. Uh, teachers loved me. Um, I was quite popular in elementary school. I was really, really tight with a group of people. Um, there were three Justins, uh, me, Justin Sabatino, and Justin Peace. And uh, we had multiple names. We sang it all the time. And then we had our, our buddy Danny, who was like the ultimate athlete, smart fucking kid. And him and I were really, really close. But we were also really, really competitive. So we actually got into a few uh, fist fights here and there, arguments. But him and I, from early on... Uh, we're very similar in a lot, a lot of ways. Very competitive, though. So we definitely butted heads as dumb kids. And I was kind of a, a little bitch. I mean, we had this one moment. It was at his birthday party. I won. I got. We we got hockey cards as like a loot bag, and I got lucky. I got a fucking autographed Wayne Gretzky piece of hockey stick card that was worth like two hundred bucks. And then Dan, the man, uh, was a very competitive. He's like, "Yeah, I'll play for it in, in the game." So I was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." And then he won, and then. Instead of being a man, which I wasn't, I was a kid, so I mean, whatever. I cried, and then his mom forced him to give me back the card. Um, fast forward to today, I gave back that card to Dan, uh, because Dan and I are fucking so close. He was the, the guy that was on the first episode of the podcast, and yeah, um, we'll get into uh, my, my, my boys, my rudder dies, but me and Dan are like best friends, pretty much. I mean, I have a lot of best friends, but Dan and I are, uh, are really, really close now. But yeah, we had some rough patches back then, which was funny. And I was a bit of a bitch by uh, not um, just letting him keep the card. He wanted to very square, right? But it's funny. Uh, Dan and I have had we're uh, we're, uh, we're we have a really uh, great relationship. But we we have we had a bet that I just I'm starting to pay out. It was a ten year bet uh, that I did this ten years ago that the Habs would win the Stanley Cup. In 10 years, I mean, to me, that was a great bet. They had the best goalie in the league. They looked like they were going to win. And honestly, they should have won one year. But then Price got injured, and they lost to the Rangers and didn't, didn't win. So that was unfortunate. But yeah, I'm starting to pay him out for that. I'm fair and square. A lot of people are like, well, you, you know, why isn't he, like, helping you out? And I get what they're saying. And you know what? It's not that. If I really couldn't pay him right away, and I told him, like, hey, man, look, I need some time. I don't think he would be, like, knocking on my door with a baseball bat trying to beat me up. And that's what I'm trying to explain to people, that it's my choice to, to pay him right away. Um, I really, really take betting seriously. Uh, it's a passion of mine, gambling, uh, when it comes to sports and all that. And I um, I don't like owing people money, surprisingly. Um, which is funny because, oh man, for a lot of my life, I thought I was bad with money because I used to hate working the typical 9 to 5. And I used to think it was a big problem with me that I just wasn't willing to put in the hard work to make money. Which is not true because I have actually worked in physical jobs, in jobs where I was working with um, two friends of mine, actually, Jordan and Justin uh, Mateo, two of my other really, really, really close best friends, um, which I enjoyed like crazy because I respect the hell out of my friend Jordan, but he's like the complete opposite of me. He's more of a um, even keel. Uh, the guy's got a house already. He's, probably, he's already married. Um, I was the best man at his wedding, which was fantastic. So um, when I work with him, it's a lot different because... I uh, I don't want to disappoint him, you know what I mean? So he's gotten me a few jobs, and I've always put my heart and soul to it. And honestly, the last job he got me was so physical and good. Um, and the company was great, but I that's when I got the brain surgery issue, so I had to quit that job. But I'd probably be still working there up until I decided to go travel. Um, and then my other buddy, Justin Mateo, he's just a hard motherfucking worker. Um, and he, he, he makes... He, he's gotten me to realize that work... Working for money does is important. You know what I mean? Like, 
just because you don't want to do something as a career doesn't mean you can't work when you need to. Um, but overall, I, I think I knew from a young age that the typical 9-to-5 career life choice was just not my style. But I used to think it was just kind of laziness that I didn't want to do that. Um, but yeah, so. so yeah, back to me. I lived in Poe and Claire uh, for about two years, then I moved to LaSalle, and that's where I lived most of my life. And uh, for most of the elementary, I was focused on getting great grades to go to a really, really good high school, right? So, I got into Royal West Academy, which was a very prestigious public school, though, in Montreal. I um I had a friend of mine, her name, her name is Ariel, one of the best people you will ever meet. Um, and I also had another friend, his name is Matthew, but he was younger than me. And she uh, got into Royal West, and I, um, her and I were, were pretty much like cousins. We grew up together, let's just say that. My dad and her dad are lifetime friends, and my mom and her mom became really good friends, too. And the Sanzas are, and I, I'm not trying to diss the rest of my family, but to me, they're the closest family I have. Um, it doesn't matter how long I haven't seen them. There is never a moment where the Sanzas aren't uh, on my mind. Um, and if you are listening to this, eventually, Matthew, Ariel, Uncle Nick, who's my godfather, one of the best people to ever meet. Great freaking story, dude. The guy made uh, the NHL, was drafted for the NHL. Insane athlete. The guy's a legend. He's a beast. Uh, he's an athlete inside joke there, but, uh, and Diane, um, you have no idea how much you guys mean to me, and I care about what you have to say about me more than anything, and I know over the years, we haven't drifted apart, but we don't see each other as much, but just so you know, like, man, you're the closest family I have, and that's no diss in the rest of my family, I love you all too, but man, you're the closest extended family I have, and we're not even blood related, which is really cool, so yeah, well, so she went to Row West, and I wanted to go to Row West, and I got in, um, I actually was waitlisted at first, which was fucking scary, but they, 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 I was like really high up in the waitlist, and I got a call like two weeks later saying, yeah, you made it. I was like, oh yeah, well, thank God. I remember my mom actually came to school to, to give me that letter, which is really cool. I remember I, I was so excited. I went to go meet her outside and everything, but, but yeah, my life as a kid was pretty good. Um, had some issues in the early on, though, with um, getting along with kids, so I went to go see, a, I remember a, a guidance counselor, and what we realized is that I was pretty much just needed to talk. Uh, if you haven't noticed, I like to talk. I mean, fuck, we're almost at 20 minutes. I haven't even barely scratched the surface of what I talk about. I haven't even talked about nutrition. I haven't talked about anything. I've just been talking about myself. This is probably going to be a long solo. So I was worried I wouldn't be able to get to an hour. But now, like, holy moly. Probably going to talk a while, I feel. And yeah. Spoke to a guidance counselor about a lot of different things, and the point was I just needed an outlet to let all this like nervous energy come out, I guess, this anxious energy, and that helped me a lot. I remember, but then, like I said, once I got to LaSalle, I became fucking popular. Um, I I met which would be some of my best friends in the world in elementary, um, but then when I got to Royal West, like none of my friends were going to the school right there, sticking in LaSalle, so I didn't. I had to make new friends in Royal West, and it was different at Royal West. It became it was kind of a shock to me because I was always one of the smarter kids. And then when you go to Red West where everyone had to pass like a test, everyone was fucking smart. Let me tell you, holy shit. Some of the smartest people and most dedicated, hardworking people were there. So at first, like, I started like not, because I didn't have to study in elementary and was getting great, great grades. So I thought I can go to high school and just never study and get great grades. And sure enough, I still obviously passed, but I wasn't getting on the honor roll the first grade seven and eight. So I wasn't doing anything. Because again, I just... Anyway, we'll get into that. Why I think I wasn't doing anything. But yeah. Um, 
wasn't doing great grade seven and eight, and then grade nine, something happened where I was like, you know what, if you just put in a little bit of effort, you can make the honor roll, and that's what you need to do in order to get into a good stage job so you can get in university. So, started studying a little bit, started getting like 80s to 85s, so I was considered a smart kid in Royal West, but was not one of the smartest, and I was not a cool kid in Royal West, I wasn't very popular at all, I was shyer. I think I was intimidated by a lot of people, and I wasn't able to really fully figure out who I was as a person. Um, and another reason for that, too, is I, I got sick in grade 6 and grade 5. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of issues with steroids. I mean, I remember when you take prednisone, right, which I needed to take because I was fucking sick, you get really puffy. So I looked a little weird. Um, and I missed a lot of school. I used to skip a lot starting in grade 9. Um, one, I remember one day I skipped and uh, I was what I used to do was my parents would, would leave after me, so I'd stay home, chill all day, play video games, eat, do all that shit. And then I'd, leave, I'd get dressed with my school uniform about 2.30, because uh, they'd come home around 2.45, and I'd walk around for about 15 minutes, maybe, go do things, uh, and then come back pretty much pretending like I went to school. But one day, I left, and then showed up, my aunt catches me, and she's like, yo, what's up? And I was like, oh shit, I'm fucked. Now my parents are going to know I've been skipping. So she ended up driving me to school, and the, it was useless because school was over. But she drove me all the way to school, and then I walked home from Royal West. It was about like a two-hour walk. Got home late. My parents were like, what's up? And I obviously told them, like, yo, I, uh, I've been skipping school, blah, 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 blah. They weren't really mad at me, I remember. They were more like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> kind of like, you're an, you're an idiot, something around me or whatever. And then I stopped skipping as much. Um... But what I didn't realize at the time, the reason why I was skipping is just because I wasn't into school. Even though I was good at it, I was never into school. And those struggles continued once I got to SageApp in university. I remember in SageApp, that's when I reconnected with uh, my boy Dan, my boy Justin Pease, uh, me and my friend, my best friend Jordan. Um, I'd already been friends with one of his older friends named Michael Timmis. And in, in SageApp, honestly, I just smoked a lot of weed and really, like, I started hooking up with girls. I started realizing I'm pretty charming, I guess you could say. I learned a lot in Sejab, but I was fucking around. Like, I almost took an extra year in Sejab, and I fucked around. But uh, the reason was because the first two years in Sejab, I killed it. So I had such a high, they call it an R score. And an R score is like kind of like this weird formula that gets you a grade, almost like a GPA type thing. And I realized that I wanted to go into an arts program in university, and I didn't need that high of an R score. I had like a really high R score. So I fucked around, started smoking weed, found weed, became a huge fucking stoner. Like I said, hooked up with girls, but um, pretty much a late bloomer. I uh, I was kind of known as the guy that was a good opener, but couldn't close. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I had a really good fun time in Stage Up, and I reconnected with Dan, Justin Pease, uh, and Michael Timmis, and that those became my, my crew, me, Jordan, Dan, Justin Pease, Michael Timmis. I also met uh, some other people, uh, like my buddy Glenn. Glenn Diaz, and then Justin Mateo, and they became my core group of friends, along with Matthew Busato, who was on the last episode of the podcast, shout out to my homies, and yeah, I, I fucking love those guys so, so, so much, and you know, we had some good times, but again, I was fucking skipping a lot, I didn't give a shit about school, I got real, almost, almost, fuck my R score so, so much, but you know, like I said, I, just because I was good at it. Doesn't mean it was for me. But again, I thought I had to go to university. That's what you had to do. Anyway, so stage up ends and I go to university and I'm like, yo, I'll go to Frosh Week, right? And um, I 
Let me just say, when it came to Frosh Week, I fucking crushed it, and I became a different person. Like, I became a fucking different person. Let me tell you, I uh, I was became known as a party animal. My first year in university was wild. And I'm like, yo, you need to become a Frosh leader, because I saw, like, how much fun the Frosh leaders were having, and, like, how much respect they got, and the girls liked them. So I was like, yo, this is dope. So I ended up becoming a frosh leader. I moved out with a, a buddy I met at Frosh, and man, <laughs> that was a fucking nutty year. Let me tell you, man. I would wake up in place. I, I, I barely remember some nights, man. I mean, I was a fucking animal. Um, became really, really popular in university. Really popular. Like I was one of the most popular kids because I was involved with like the frosh leading thing. Everyone knew me. Um, I used to party a lot, um, people thought I was really cool because of my personality, but they also thought I was fucking degenerate, and I did that for the next two years, I was really involved in student politics, uh, that's where all the parties happened, and I was like, um, involved with, um, the student politics scene, um, was doing a lot of extracurriculars, but I was fucking doing shitty in school, and I ended up, um, fucking up, I went on probation, and I still fucked up, then I had to, um, uh, Pretty much I uh, left school because I was about to fail out. So I left school for about three years. I ended up getting a job with uh, Justin Mateo and Jordan Belmar. Again, two of my really closest friends. Uh, and we worked together for a few years. And then I went back to school. I went, I went traveling, actually, um, for about a month in Europe. And that was fucking life-changing uh, with Justin Pease and Mike Monty. And then also by myself. And that was just life-changing. That's really what um, gave me a taste of, hey, maybe... You're more into doing that type of thing, like traveling and shit like that. But this is five years ago, so I didn't really realize that I can create passive streams of income and like live off my laptop or anything like that. And I met people who were starting to do that and traveling like full time. Um, so I didn't really realize that I could do that. So I came home and uh, went back to university and got involved again with um, uh, the student politics scene, but I wanted to be a bit better. I wanted to be a better leader. I wanted to stop being as much of a party animal and kind of just like, you know, be a really good frosh leader and, and, and get the kids involved in school, right? Which I did. I did a great job. Um, met some really, really young, awesome people. I want to shout out someone, actually. His name is Diego. Um, go check him out. At Die it's Diego's. I'm going to put this in the show notes when he's doing some really cool music and, uh, He's following uh, the the path I'm following in the sense he's grinding a lot, which is really cool. So I see big things for him, and he was a, a froshy, but um, I never had a girlfriend up until this point, really. I had, like I dated here and there, and I hooked up a decent amount. Like I said, I was a party animal, right? So I definitely got myself into situations, but yeah, I never really had a girlfriend. So uh, I actually met this uh, girl, and we ended up dating for a year and a half. Um, didn't work out. Nothing against her. She's actually a fantastic, uh, fun girl. But I think at the beginning I knew we, we shouldn't have been dating. Uh, and I didn't trust my instincts because I was like, screw it. I'm being fucking honest. And honestly, if she hears this, um, I hope everything's going well with you, man. Like, straight up. Yeah. I really, really do. I really, really hope uh, you are happy. I hope everything's great with you. And I know uh, you're pissed at me. I mean, and I'm whatever. I mean, it's hard breaking up with someone. But hey. I really, really hope all is well with you, and I wish nothing but the best for you. So, yeah, a little shout-out to that uh, woman. But, yeah, it didn't work out, um, and uh, she was there when I, the craziest thing in my life happened. So, I had already had Crohn's, but I had been, gotten better, but it wasn't an easy life for me, right? Um, and then, all of a sudden, about two years ago, I noticed, holy shit, well, you're numb on one side of the body. I was like, oh, you know, it's, it was my arm, right? I didn't think much of it. I thought, okay, 
it's probably just something like not that serious. Maybe I had pinched a nerve or, you know, something like that. That's what I thought it was. Then my face started getting numb. I remember telling my ex me, like, yo, man, I think something's up. And she's like, eh, whatever, it's probably nothing. And I was like, yeah, you're right, probably nothing. But then it just kept getting a little weirder and weirder and weirder. I remember one day waking up being like, you know what, fuck this, man. Something's weird. And I, I was on my way to work at the time. I was working as a, a very physical job. I was unloading uh, packages from a frozen fruit company. Great job, though. Oh, my God. And me and my buddy Mateo were doing it. And we had to unload trucks. And basically... Uh, we got paid for eight hours as long as we unloaded the truck. So if we crushed it, we were out of there before eight hours pretty much every day. And if there was no truck, sometimes we'd have to stay longer. But oftentimes, man, we'd go to work and we'd, we'd be down and be sick. So that was cool. Loved that job, honestly. I, I liked physical labor. But anyway, I started noticing, like, my balance is getting a little weird. Um, it's numb. So I'm like, one day I'm getting to work and I'm like, yo, man, I think I'm having a stroke of some sort of thing. I knew it wasn't a real stroke. But I, I had a feeling like, you know, something was up. So I called the ambulance and said, look, I don't know what's going on. I don't want to alarm you, but I think some, I'm having stroke-like symptoms, right? So they rushed to, I was at the metro station, subway station, right, about to get to work. So I rushed to the hospital. I was there for like eight hours all day. Eventually I saw someone, they did a CAT scan, and they found a little, like, thing. I'm like, okay. Whatever. So they, they texted me. I'm like, look, it doesn't seem to be anything. We're going to send you for an MRI. So I ended up getting an MRI. And then about two weeks later, I remember being with my ex. And they called me. And they said, we need you to come to the hospital right away. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God. And they're like, look, don't worry. It's not cancer. I'm like, okay. So I get to the hospital. She tells me what it is. She's like, it's a cavernoma. And, um, you know, they were doing their job trying not to freak me out. But I wasn't listening very well. She basically was telling me this is serious, but the way she explained it was it's a very small raspberry-like thing. It's called a gavernoma, and it's in your brain stem, and it looks like you had a bleed. I'm like, holy shit. She's like, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get you an appointment with a neurosurgeon. He's going to talk to you about whether you want to get a surgery or not. But it's hard to get, like, an appointment with these neurosurgeons. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Montreal has one of the best brain hospitals in the world, which is so, like, I was lucky in that sense, right? But anyway... Nothing really happens at first, but then month goes by, balance gets worse. And I remember I was at a, my, my cousin's party, which um, is like a yearly tradition now. My little baby cousin, um, she lived in Ottawa at the time. So I remember being at their house at their party. I remember picking her up and getting this intense, intense pain in my head. And I remember like my balance was now starting to get really weird. And uh, people were noticing. My mom was like, yo, your eyes kind of... Droop, drooping, your mouth's kind of drooping. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't be anything. And I remember being so tired, like, and having these weird headaches, and I'd have to sit down all the time. And then when I picked up my cousin and got that really intense head rush, that's when I knew something was up. But I was in a relationship, and I was fucking in love, man. Like, I was so in love. Well, I was in something, let's say. And uh, we had planned a trip. You know? Like a trip. Like we were starting to become like a legit couple and we were going to go to PEI, Prince Edward Island, camp and do a lot of cool things. And I was so excited for this, but it was getting worse and worse every day. It came to the point then when like, man, I, I, I was sleeping all the time. I was tired all the time. I had to lie down. I was getting intense headaches that were not going away. I was taking six Tylenols a day and these headaches were not going away. And then I started noticing, like, man, my, my head feels heavy. And I was really, really weird, man. Um, but I really, really didn't want to disappoint my uh, my girlfriend. 
Um, but at this point, too, I'm getting sick and sick, and it is frustrating. I, I can imagine, like, but I was so stubborn, and I was like, yeah, don't worry about it, it's all good, and then sure enough, um, we got to a point where I was tasting things weird. And I remember my dad brought me to get ice cream, and I remember that moment. I saw a look on his face, and man, the guy the guy was crying, like, pretty much. He was about to cry because he saw how sick I was, and I just would not listen to them. Although deep down I knew I was not going to PEI. But anyway, I didn't want to disappoint my ex. So, I fucking went to, uh, I was going to go to PEI, but then one day I woke up. Uh, this is about a day before we are about to leave, and I woke up, and then I actually couldn't walk. Like, I actually fucking couldn't walk. I woke, got out of the bed at my ex's house, and I fucking fell on the ground, and I got up, and it puked all over the place, and it was a weird color puke. That's when I went home, like, look, you got to bring me home, don't worry about it, I'm going to get some painkillers, um, and we're going to get through PI, and we're just going to relax, it's going to be fine. Yeah, right. So yeah, fucking went home, parents are crying, neighbors are crying, they're like, Justin, we're going to the hospital, so we went to the hospital. Went to emergency, and I remember this, actually, I had a friend, shout out Kaylee Fisher, man, I haven't seen you in a while, girl, hope, hope you're doing well. Um... <laughs> I don't know if you're ever going to listen to this, but I hope you're doing well, my friend. Anyway, so I see her in the hospital, and I'm all fucked up, and she's all fucked up. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? It was really funny. Anyway, so they, they did another uh, CAT scan. Sure enough, um, I bled again. Um, and I have to get an emergency surgery because they realize you, you are bleeding, and your cranial fluid is not draining out. And that's what was causing the headaches. And they were telling me, like, man, if we didn't deal with this, you might have gone in a coma. And they're like, we think you had a hemorrhagic stroke. And at that point, uh, yeah, I had a hemorrhagic stroke. That's when I got my facial paralysis. And I didn't even know at the time. I was so fucked up. Um, my head was pounding. Anyway, so I got the surgery. Um, it was not... They gave me ketamine, so it was fucking... Woo! I don't know if you I've gotten ketamine twice in situations like this. Let me tell you. That shit's fucking fucked. I don't know how people do that recreationally. Like, Jesus... Basically, the story was they had to drill a hole in my head and put a tube so that they can drain it out, right? So what they did is they gave me ketamine while they're doing this. And uh, I remember, um, like, to the doctor, I'm flying at this point. And I'm saying to the doctor, I'm like, hey, doc, you know who Owen Wilson is? And he's like, yeah. And then I'm just like, every time he drilled into my hole, I was like, wow, wow, unbelievable. And since then, I've actually been kind of a joke that I'm very into Owen Wilson, right? So... Uh, the doctor told me to shut the fuck up. He was laughing his ass off. So anyway, I got that surgery done. I always had a really, really high spirits. And then sure enough, my um, brain surgeon came in. Um, I forgot to mention this. I had already planned on getting a surgery like in November. Uh, the reason getting a surgery was important is because to remove the cavernoma in my brain stem, because I was such a young age, it was better for me to try to get it out because there's more likelihood it would bleed again. And that's just going to cause a lot of problems. The brain stem is very, very... Very, very sensitive areas. So many tightly packed neurons. So that was interesting. Um, so anyway, he's like, yeah, we're just going to do the surgery now. So anyway, got the surgery. Um, he was able to remove half of the problem. But because there's so much blood, it had already been 12 hours in the surgery. What he did was he ended up just going around and uh, frying uh, the blood vessels so that more blood wouldn't get put into the uh, cavernoma. And his hope was that it would just stop growing. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I started recovering. Uh, went to rehab. Learned, had to learn how to walk again. But the issue was, I'm still with my ex, right? 
and I remember, man, it was such a tough time, but she was, uh, with, it was crazy how worried she got about me, and I've never seen her so, like, in love with me at the moment, I remember being like, wow, because I, I can imagine, like, fuck, she's in love with a guy, and then he's, looks like he's about to die, like, that was fucking nuts, and we had no idea how, how intense that was, how much, uh, of a problem this brain thing was, so anyway, I started recovering, but my anxiety went crazy high, I was always an anxious person, but... My ex and I, um, we, we fell apart, man, like, straight up, and I, I don't blame her, I mean, I became a mess, I, so, I became so unconfident, um, and then sure enough, we broke up, and I started getting really into health and wellness, because I had gotten really fat, like, almost 300 pounds, heaviest I'd ever been, because I was so depressed, right, and anxious, so I'm like, she broke up with me, and I was really, really sad, so I'm like, I'll show her, and I started, like, looking into nutrition, I uh, started doing intermittent fasting, then the keto diet, and I started working out, and I lost, like, 10 pounds really, really quickly, um, and then I started just getting so into, like, working out in this keto diet, I wasn't really, really that informed about nutrition, but every day I learned more and more and more about it, um, started getting into working out, um, and then one day I started back at the gym, and then one day I'm about I'm working out, and I notice my arm starts is shaking, and I'm like thirty five months into rehab, but I'm getting better, right? But I'm like that's weird. I remember I done it in January just to check things out, but anyway. So in about May, March or April, I would say, um, I decided I wanted to go to Edmonton for the summer and work. My uncle lived there. And I decided, yo, let's go to Edmonton, um, let's work this summer, um, we missed last summer, and, uh, hey, it'd be a good idea. And, um, yeah, I'd already kind of thought about doing this when my ex and I broke out, um, then I really, really decided when we, it was clear we were not getting back together or anything, and, yeah, so I, uh, started planning a, a crazy going away party, I was, I, like, it was going well, everything was going great, but then I started noticing that my arm was shaking, and I was like, ah, man, it's probably nothing, of course, about that, anyway, so then in April and March, and I'm about to get get ready to go away in May, I have, um, an appointment with the freaking neurosurgeon, and I walk in, and then his, his buddy, his, like, um, apprentice, I guess you could say, he's like, wow, you're walking really well, I'm like, well, what do you mean, and then, yeah, they told me that it's fucking regroup. It's not like a tumor, a cavernoma, so if you get rid of all of it, it's not going to regrow, but it regrew, and it was bigger. So I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. Um, and they said, look, we can just let it be, um, or we because we have more room, we might be able to get in there and fucking get all rid of this whole thing. So at first, I'm like, I'll go to Edmonton and then get a surgery when I come back. And then I'm like, maybe I'll just go to Edmonton for a week. And then I was just like, you know what, fuck it, let's just get the surgery. I'm like, if, if they can remove all this, like, if I've done it one time, I could do it again. I could fucking do this again. I didn't have a girlfriend to worry about. I'm like, I'm going to take it more seriously because I rushed through rehab last time because I actually went. The first surgery, I went to Frosh a week after getting out of rehab with a cane. I was at Frosh. I even drank a little because my girlfriend was going to Frosh, right? And I didn't, honestly, I was so insecure. I did not want her going to Frosh and meeting some guy and hooking up. That's how fucking insecure I was. I, it, like, thinking about it makes me angry. Um, and it doesn't... Anyway. So I'm like, you know what? I'll do it well this time. And uh, sure enough, I decided to get the surgery. And they fucking... He got it all out. Um, I mean, I haven't had seen him in a while. But I had him right in January. And he didn't rush me to go see him. So if it turns out I grew back again. I gotta be honest the way I'm feeling. I doubt I'm gonna get surgery. I think that has to do with this. 
I personally think the thing I have is 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 another autoimmune thing. It's like a chronic condition type thing. So I don't think anything's back though the way I've been feeling. It's been a while now since I've gone out and rehab the second time. But yeah. Um, basically after the second surgery it was uh, I took it a lot slower I was in rehab longer I learned how to walk again um, it was brutal let me tell you I um, I it definitely wasn't easy but I uh, I really took it seriously and now I gotta be honest because I had started with this whole health and nutrition thing for me man it was just fucking I've never been so grateful in my life and they say that there's a post-traumatic stress, right? Which is which is understandable. But I know for me, I feel like I've had post-traumatic growth. And ever since the second surgery, um, look, I have a crooked smile. My my eye doesn't close. Um, sometimes I freak people out because I can't really close it when I'm blinking. I, I look different. And, I mean, I don't think I'm ugly by any means. I'm definitely not. I'm a, I'm a pretty studly lad if I say so myself. But, you know, it's different. Um, but it doesn't matter because I'm so fucking grateful and with all this health and nutrition thing, like, I'm pretty much, now I've lost like almost 100 pounds and I keep losing weight and I keep getting more and more information and now it's my life. I only want to make people happy, motivated, and I want to make people healthy. Um, but I want it to come from a place of my own personality. Like, look, I am not your typical like hippy dippy health nut or anything like that. I'm the guy you meet at a fucking bar and you just get some beers with the boys, you know? And yeah, you don't know drink them as much. I'm still that extroverted party animal deep down. I love people. Um, so I'm really just so grateful. Um, and I've just realized that if I can go through fuck shit like this and make it all live, like, I just know anyone can, can fucking kill it. And I really recaptured what I really want in life. Um, I, I, you remember what I was telling you about like how I was an entrepreneur, I realized the reason why I wasn't down to go do the traditional 9 to 5, I wasn't down to go to school was because I'm an entrepreneur. I would rather struggle for years, years, years doing my own thing than just live a typical life. And so, it's just been this crazy journey of personal growth since the second surgery and I've gotten so into like working out, I'm coming up with my own theories. I've decided I want to get my uh, holistic health um, certificate so I can start pretending to be a doctor. And I've gotten really, really into social media, building my brand. And now I just, I meditate every day and I truly believe you can do whatever the fuck you want this day and age. Create your passive streams of income and just go do what you want and make your passion a career. That And that's what I'm trying to teach people with my uh, health and swell revolution, with the swell fam, with this podcast, with my Twitch stream. I just want to change the world for the better. And I want to make people less fucking sick. We're going to get into nutrition uh, after this. Um, but yeah, like basically since the surgery, I've just been growing and growing and growing and growing and learning a lot of crazy shit. And I guess the next thing I'll talk about is what's happened with my health. Um, I got I lost like 60 pounds on keto. And then once I went to the hospital for the second go around, my parents started creating the um, my, my meals for me, I wanted to say keto, because the first time I went to the hospital, people were giving me cake cookies and cake, and I ate, like, I think I gained 40 pounds in the hospital, because they give you steroids too, right, so you eat a lot, so I'm like, mom, dad, look, the hospital doesn't have these keto foods, can you please, 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 please make my meals, so I started making my meals, I ended up losing another 10 pounds in the hospital, but then I wanted to start getting back to the gym and gaining some mass, so I started eating more veggies, I started doing more research, I found this book by Dr. Stephen Gundry called The Plant Paradox, and what The Plant Paradox 
spoke about, I guess you could say, is that um, plants don't necessarily want to be eaten. And the, the book spoke about lectins and what lectins are. Uh, there's these sticky proteins that a lot of plants, specifically plants in the nightshade, have a lot of the nightshade family, like tomatoes, potatoes, beans, shit like that. They have a lot of lectins. Um, well, I don't know if beans are nightshades, but beans have a lot of lectins. And these lectins penetrate the gut wall, and, that, and for a lot of people that have autoimmunity, they're very, and like Crohn's disease, stuff like that, they're very, 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 very sensitive to these plant chemicals called lectins. So I kind of followed Ish's diet, um, started eating a, a lot more fruits and veggie, uh, veggies mostly, and I kind of turned into this almost completely plant-based diet. Lectins uh, were eliminated, and I was basically eating a lot of resistant starches and very moderate, very moderate animal protein. It's getting more protein from plants. It was kind of like a somewhat plant-based keto-type diet. And at first I was feeling great because I was doing the keto, but I wasn't as strict when it comes to eliminating, like, processed foods, right? But now I was going all organic. I was getting, like, the highest quality food. So I, I initially I felt better. Um, but then one morning, man, I remember waking up, and I just couldn't get out of bed. And then I started noticing uh, histamine intolerances. Then I started noticing rashes. I, I got this rash under my armpit, and I was like, what the fuck is it? And then I, I started noticing it was smelling like cheese, and I'm like, holy shit, what is this? I was getting gassed to the max, and it was just, I felt horrible, I was depressed, and I didn't want to think it was my diet, right, because I was eating so well, how could it be my diet, I've done all this research, I consider myself a pretty fucking apt nutrition researcher, right, it's like, nah, nah, it can't be my diet, but then one day I woke up, and I listened to the Ben Greenfield podcast, and this podcast was talking about intuitive eating, and Basically, the argument was that animals in the wild will intuitively know what to eat, and then they will travel for miles, and after eating a plant, they'll travel for miles and find the same species of plant, but miles away, and they will eat a little bit more from it, and then they know when they're done, and then that's it. They intuitively know what to eat, and the argument is that humans mean animals are the same. Makes sense. But the issue is we have all these fast food joints, we've got all these way too much variety to choose from, but if we actually just have healthy, whole food choices in front of us, if we just listen to our, what our body is telling us, we will know what to eat. So, I listen to this podcast, and I'm like, you know, let's listen to the body, and I'm sure this is just placebo, but I'm like, man, you want more meat. And I remember a few months earlier, I went to my cousin's house in Toronto, actually, and he had these fucking Fred Flintstone steaks. And it was my birthday weekend, so I was kind of cheating that weekend. But I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to eat a lot of meat. So I ate a lot of meat, and I ate pretty much a whole steak. And I remember feeling fucking incredible, but I was like, whatever. Awesome. Go back to your diet, because meat is bad, right? I used to think too much red meat was really, really bad for aging because of what Dr. Gundry was talking about. Uh, little did I know that that's all full of shit. But anyway, so this guy, or sorry, this guy. So what was I talking about? Fuck. See, look, man, the solo. So we're gonna get, we're gonna figure it out right now. Um. So yeah, basically, I mean this plant based diet. I'm avoiding meat, but I decided after listening to that podcast, I'm like, I'll eat more meat. So I ate the rest of my meat in the fridge. It's the end of the month, so there wasn't that much fridge left in the meat. But I ate the rest of the fridge and be like, okay, that's cool. Then so went back to the rest of my day, doing things normally. Next morning, I shoot out of bed. I'm like, that's weird. Okay, I guess I feel good this morning. And I listen to another podcast, and it's by Ben Greenfield. Uh, the way he does it is he releases two podcasts, like kind of like two day back to back. Um, so I, I was listening to this podcast, and it was with this guy named Doctor 
Paul Saladino. And I was still suffering from like these symptoms, right? Depression. Um, I real I had done research and realized that the rashes and the autoimmune things, histamine intolerance, and the, all this shit, um, which seemed to be happening every time I ate. I'd get these like insane histamine overload. The gas was out of control. My digestion was shit. And I had this smelly fucking rash. And I realized it was SIBO and Candida. So I was starting to worry that, holy shit, I'm getting autoimmune reactions. My Crohn's could get triggered again. Right? And uh, my Crohn's had been in remission for a long time because I had been on these T-blocking um, immunosuppressant drugs. And I had just gotten off it because I realized, like, oh, I don't need this shit if I just avoid lectins, which is sort of true. But anyway, we'll get to what the real reason was. So, yeah, I... Uh, Next morning, there's a fucking podcast with this Dr. Paul Saladino. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's he's a doctor. We've been on the carnivore diet for seven months. Now, I had already listened, heard about the carnivore diet from Jordan Peterson and from Sean Baker, and I thought, okay, this is, a, this is a fucking dumb diet. And even though it helped Michaela Peterson, it was pretty much in my mind, she just eliminated a bunch of shit. And because of that, I got better. So I was like, eh, it's kind of a lazy diet. Uh, ben Greensfield, I'd also agree with this, right? So the fact that he was, and he was telling us earlier in the week, like, this is the craziest fucking thing you'll ever hear. And Ben Greenfield, in my mind, is is probably one of the, my favorite uh, health experts. Um, he is very, whoa, wow. Um, so what just happened right there is um, my cousin is uh, about to redo his um, house because he had a flood and he's got holes in his kitchen uh, floor because he's got all the flooring off and he's going to redo this so there's holes in it right now and my chair just went through it so anyway back to the point I had Ben Greenfield I trust him the most because he seems to be very 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 open minded and he's really willing to change his opinion and try new things he's like a crazy biohacker right so anyway this Paul Saladino guy starts talking about carnivore diet but he starts talking about things and he starts debunking a lot of things that I thought were fact when it comes to meat and why meat might not be the best to eat a lot of meat so I'm listening. He's thought, and I'm listening, and I'm thinking, man, all these people that have autoimmunity problems, they uh, they seem to be fixing themselves with this meat. And the way he's talking about doing it, he says, the way to do it is you don't just eat meat. You have to eat the entire animal, nose to tail. And I remember when I was researching the Candida thing, I came across this guy, Frank Tufano. And I did a very minimal research, but he was talking about how he's pretty much doing a carnivore diet. And I was like, oh, okay. But a lot of his videos, I didn't really look at them at the time because I wasn't really pro-carnivore or anything at this time. And I remember him talking a lot about nose to tail. So I would heard about this idea of nose to tail. What nose to tail eating is you eat the entire animal like our ancestors would have. So you kill an animal, they're not just going to waste a lot of like the liver, the organs, the brain, the bone marrow, the bones. Fuck everything. And he's talking about all these things and he's talking about how you can get every single vitamin, every single nutrient. And he really opened my eyes to the fact that Yes, vegetables have nutrients, but they are not the same operating system as an animal. So we can actually absorb all these nutrients. And then he started talking about lectins. I'm like, oh, I know about lectins. But then he's just saying, like, lectins are just one of the plant chemicals that plants create to ward off people from eating them. And just like how Dr. Gundry was trying to say that plants don't want to be eaten, they want to reproduce, they want to do all these same things as humans... Uh, to to survive, but because they are plants and are rooted to the ground, they need to create these chemicals to uh, stop us from eating. I'm like, holy shit! Maybe it's my diet that's fucking things up, and I'm I'm freaking out because 
Also, Ben Greenfield is listening and he's just like, holy shit. And Ben Greenfield and I had a very similar diet in the sense that we were very wanting to like increase our longevity. It's like, don't eat as much protein because of TMAO, because of all this shit. So anyway, this Paul Saladino guy is actually giving science and he's telling us about how all this shit and how about most of the science supporting plant base is, is epidemiology and if you look into it, um, it's just not supported by mechanistic data and I'm like, holy fucking shit, my mind's blown. And then what's crazier is that at the same time, vegans on YouTube are coming out saying that they're getting all these problems and that they start eating animal foods again. And I'm like, uh, well, okay, this is crazy. And their symptoms are the same as mine. I'm talking SIBO. I'm talking candida. All these issues like the, the rashes, the autoimmune problems, the bad digestion, how all that went away when they started incorporating animal foods again. I'm like, uh, okay, this is nuts. So I'm like, I thought about it. I'm like, okay, maybe I should try this nose to tail carnivore. So I start transitioning off carnivore for the next two weeks. Start transitioning off fiber. Um, and then I, I, I took the plunge. And I shit you not, within a week, my depression was gone. Within another week, my rash was starting to go away. And within another week, I started losing weight and feeling fucking incredible. My libido was through the roof. Like, I was ready to go no matter what. Like, fuck, man. Never been, I, I'll admit it, I was horny fucking all the time, man. I was ready to go. I felt fucking alive. And then, wow, that's, what, now five months later, and I've been eating this strict carnivore diet. Like, man, I'm talking butter, grass-fed butter, a shit ton amount of that. Meat, mostly grass-fed, grass-finished, but even when I don't eat that. And now I've never had better digestion. I've never had better anything, to be honest. It, it's the best fucking way I've felt ever. And what it's done, too, is made me realize um, that there's a lot of shit. I mean, I've spoken about it, how, like, if you look at the nutrition science, a lot of it's epidemiology. It can't be supported by any mechanistic data. You can't absorb any vitamins, uh, really, from veggies. And I'm starting to think that vegetables are probably bad. For us or don't have a really positive effect um really they're just filler and if you look at other cultures i mean they don't eat a lot as many veggies they eat starches to fill up their plate but they don't eat as much fruits and veggies which is just flabbergasting so yeah i've been doing this five months i eat uh eggshells i eat man i eat like tons of fucking cheese and butter and prosciutto and yeah I actually think prosciutto, cheese, and butter are fucking staples. You should get that because you get a lot of vitamins and nutrients and fat is still for fuel, but no carb is the way to go for me. I realize that and I don't see myself turning back. Look, I'm going to cheat here and, there, here and there. I still plan on um, taking a cheesecake to the face on my birthday because fuck, man, cheesecake's the shit. I love that shit. I still drink coffee here and there because I fucking love it even though I gotta be honest I've cut it out a lot because it just makes me feel better when I don't drink as much but hey what are you gonna do so yeah um, I've never felt better since the five months and I really really believe that for those suffering from autoimmune issues because if you go look at it people are curing their autoimmunity things and I even heard something as crazy as this that someone's cured type 1 diabetes type 1 now, I definitely think uh, you shouldn't just jump in a carnivore diet. I mean, there's problems with ketoacidosis and all this shit. So you got to be careful. But, you know, it's pretty fucking nuts. So, yeah. The journey has been crazy. And now I have gone down this rabbit hole. And, oh, my God. If you look at, like, the vegan propaganda, man, this shit's been going back since the fucking American Dietetic Association was created. And that's why a lot of this information is telling us to not eat meat. 
but it's been funded by these plant-based interest groups and by Seventh-day Adventists who created the American Dietetic Association. It is nuts. And look, I, I've talked about this a lot on my podcast. So I don't want to dive too, too deep in this. I'll put more information about this in the show notes. But basically, there is no supporting evidence saying that plants are good for us. None whatsoever. It's all epidemiology. And if you go look at things like fiber, even that, like I've spoken about Burkett. I'll put it again in the show notes. Fiber is not needed. Like, look, I haven't had fiber in five months. I've never had better digestion in my fucking life. Now, look, I understand it's different by person. Look, the microbiome, the bugs in, the, in our gut matter. But fiber is definitely not necessary. And if you actually look at data, it looks like it might actually cause more diverticulitis, might cause more digestion issues, constipation. So that's really crazy. So, yeah. Man, I've never felt more alive and... Look, carnivore is definitely not for everyone. I, I agree with that. Like, I, I don't think anyone's going to be as nuts as me and eat raw liver every morning or frozen liver, liver jerky. I mean, no one, a lot of people, it's like a quiet taste. I get it. Man, in my podcast, no one's liked it really since I've been giving it to it at the end, right? So, it's just something to think about. That's all I got to say. But, I just feel that for a lot of people that are suffering from autoimmune issues, I think the best way to go about it is do the carnivore diet, elimination diet. Eliminate all plants. See how you feel. I thought I was only going to do it for a month, but it turns out, like, you know, no, I feel too fucking good to not want to, like, do this way. I mean, you never get tired of steak. You never get tired of eggs. You never get tired of butter, right? So, if you want to give it a try, give it a try. I'm like, yeah, man. It's fucking been a journey, and that's why the Health and Swell Revolution has begun. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'll, I'll argue about this until I'm blue in the face. And I want people to be healthy and happy. Like me. Woo! So yeah, fuck, we're almost at an hour. So yeah, we'll take a little break right now and uh, get back to you in a sec. Well, that was uh, almost an hour already, which is pretty crazy. I think this uh, episode is going to be... Um, Longer than expected, which is great. Your boy can talk for hours and hours and hours, but I just wanted to um, quickly jump in here uh, to talk about my social medias. Basically, you need to follow me on three things, definitely. Maybe on my Twitter too, which is at health and swell, but yeah, it's Twitter. Twitter's kind of boring. It's cool though, whatever. Three things you gotta follow me on are uh, my Instagram. That's where I put most of my shit. I post a lot on Instagram because it's Instagram. Everyone uses Instagram and it's fun. Um, so that is at Health and Swell. Check me out. Please follow me. Um, join the Health and Swell revolution there. Second thing is my TikTok. Uh, it's a lot different. It's mostly just me being silly because um, I do feel TikTok is becoming more and more popular. And hey, if the kids are on it, your boy's on it too. So that's also at Health and Swell. Um, but the coolest thing I do other than the podcast, um, which um, you can follow every single morning pretty much, different times on the weekend, but Monday to Friday, absolutely at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, I do a Twitch stream. It's um, Health and Swell. And I'm getting to a point where you might be able to subscribe to me on Twitch, which could get me some more passive stream of income. I enjoy that. I just shoot the shit. Um, I've got a little bit of a following, but you definitely want to join the Health and Swell Revolution. Do it via my Twitch. Um, like I said, Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. So, another thing... I just want to mention it again. It's my Patreon page. Um, it's www.patreon.com forward slash health and swell. Um, it's still not the craziest I want it to be. I'm going to tweak things and give you more cool things and more incentive to become patrons. Uh, there's different uh, tiers you can join. I really appreciate it if you go do that because I don't want to have to 
have too many ads or none at all, ideally. I mean, if we get enough people as patrons and I'm getting a decent amount, we can keep this podcast going without any ads, which would be pretty, pretty cool. Not going to lie. So, yeah, we're going to get back to talking about more things. I'm going to talk more about films. Probably going to start smoking a joint because I want to talk about marijuana. Um, my relationship to marijuana is interesting, and um, it's the only thing that you could say marijuana is definitely not healthy for you. I kind of see that. I mean, it's kind of like coffee. I look at it, you know. It's got benefits. It's got uh, non-benefits. Wow, can't even speak. But yeah, we're going to talk more about fun things, movies, shit like that, and then, yeah, talk about some other things, end this podcast out with a bang. Um, this is the second to last episode. Next episode is going to be cool because I'm going to be talking to my sister. That should be fun. My sister and I can talk for hours. So, but yeah, uh, this is fun. So, uh, we'll get back into it right now. Definitely do all check my social medias and all that shit and become a patron. But yeah, let's get back to it with me. <laughs> Alrighty. We are back. Literally, I took about a like two minute break, so. This is fun. Um, I'm about to smoke a joint. That's uh, something I do. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll talk about marijuana before I start talking about movies and shit. And maybe some other fuck things when I get high. Um, but I, uh, I'm a stoner. Straight up. I'm a health nut and a stoner. And uh, it's pretty interesting because I actually appreciate and, lo- and benefit more from weed now that my mental health and my overall health has gotten better. I actually enjoy marijuana. I enjoy CBD a lot more now. A lot, lot more. Um, I started smoking in Sejab. I never smoked in high school. And in Sejab, you know, you're smoking for different reasons. You're getting way higher, first of all. So the first year was mostly just me getting really fucking high. I remember being like, I don't want to do this because, you know, it's it has stigma against it for the longest time. But, here, I'm just going to light this. Oh, that was a horrible light. But yeah, like, marijuana is definitely not good for you. I don't think it's bad for you either, though. I think it can be beneficial, but it's a plant. And just like all plants, I think there's bad things about it, too. I don't think smoking it is the way to do it, although I just don't have another way to do it right now. And the thing about edibles is there's usually so much sugar. So I'm I'm, I'm for making your own edibles, which I think is where I'm going to transition in the future. But marijuana now for me, because I'm not... I understand myself because I'm not an anxious as anxious anymore because my health is in order. Now when I smoke marijuana, I use that paranoia, that anxiety that you get from it, not to worry about dumb things, not to freak myself out, but to think about things that I normally wouldn't have the time to think about. Like straight up. It's pretty nuts actually. So, like, as an example, I might, like, be talking to my parents, and maybe I was kind of being a little rude, but not rude enough that, like, they would, like, say anything or get mad at me at the time. But I could see maybe on their face that they're like, eh, what are you doing with them? Small things that matter, but don't really cause too much of a scene for it to matter in the moment, and it kind of just is brushed aside. But it still matters, you know? There's small things in life um, that... We should pay more attention to, and we don't. I remember, talk, I remember talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, shout out Alex Holowak. Um, he's a really cool guy, and he's the one that first brought this to my attention. It made me realize like how I feel these days when I when I get high. 
One sec. I'm just, I'll, I'm right here. If, if, if everything gets a little um, choppier, it's just because I'm going to literally get an ashtray. Yeah. See, I will, I'm going to segue here to the fact that I love the fact that this Health and Swell podcast is just being done with a phone and me and a guest maybe once in a while and it sounds choppy and it sounds realistic. I really want you to feel like you are hanging out with me, my guests or whatever that. And that it's not some like crazy like production that just seems so far away from reality. I think authenticity is the new king in today's world. So anyway, let me get the ashtray. Hey, yeah. He he brought this to my attention that you can use this paranoid anxiety to start thinking about these things and then act on them. Uh, so things I like to do is I like to think about like wh- how I treated people, um, how I treated my parents, uh, did I do kind things for people. I actually am a lot more, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a practice of gratitude. I think that's something you should be very, very um, keen on doing. Um, how I do it is every morning I write what I'm most grateful for before I do anything in the day. So I don't even know what I'm most grateful for, but by already creating this idea that you're going to be grateful for something, you end up just being more grateful in general. Um, and the other night, actually, with some friends that I met traveling, uh, they suggested, let's do this gratitude practice where you just go around and you say something you did today, something you did for someone else, something that made you feel happy, something you're grateful for. And wow, it's just a really good practice. So if you're not doing, you don't have a gratitude practice, I'd say get it because it's just going to make you feel so much better. Let me tell you, it's fucking meditation and gratitude. That's the shit I do like. Um, but yeah, anyway, so basically when I smoke weed, I'm able to think about these things I don't normally think about, and I've also thought, like, hey, maybe call this person you haven't spoken to in a while. I use it for good. Um, and the thing about weed for me, it's, it's a little complicated, because, look, my balance is never going to be perfect. And when I smoke weed in the immediate, it actually kind of does mess up my balance for a little bit, but then it actually makes things better. I think it also depends what type of weed you're smoking, how strong it is, but... It also makes things better in terms of coordination. Um, it makes the numbness feel less noticeable. So I have a lot of benefits to, smoke, to consuming marijuana, THC specifically. CBD is a whole other ball, ball game. Uh, that's just really good at night to calm me down. That's good for anxiety. It's good for any pain that I might have. Sometimes I get a little pain here and there because my brain is so easily inflamed, which is annoying because when, you're, when my brain's stem, I guess you could say, it gets a little inflamed from some sort of outside, like, inflammation factor, like sugar, or something like that, or whatever, um, it, it, it'll affect my balance, like, I'm, I'm going through a cold right now, my balance, um, was affected, and I, I, I got this little headache type thing that really is just, probably has to do with a little inflammation, and it scares me, it makes me think, oh my god, maybe, maybe my brain thing's coming back, right, but, Hey, like I said earlier, I think I mentioned this, but if my brain thing does come back, I'm not going to get a surgery. I'm just going to know that I can, if I keep myself healthy, and let's say I do have another bleed, I'll be able to get through it. Because when you bleed, your brain reabsorbs it, and it's not necessarily going to cause a problem, right? Uh, and I don't think I have a problem. I think I, I trust my brain surgeon the second go around that if he found something, he would have been like, yeah, we definitely found something again, buddy. Sorry. And if he didn't do it, like I said, I'm good. I think I, I think this shit is diet based, so I, I think I'm gonna be able to cure it. And I, I'm gonna talk to him when I talk to my brain surgeon. I'm gonna be like, "Yo, buddy, ever look into this being an autoimmune thing? And maybe they'll be able to cure it. That'd be dope. I, I just don't see how this could just be something that happens. You sporadically grew 
fuck blood. No, there's got to be some sort of connection to something that like toxic or something like that. But so yeah, marijuana is something that I really, really think is beneficial for a lot of people. You just gotta never abuse it. Uh, I mean, look, I think. Like, I pretty much smoke every day. I, I take breaks here and there. Like, sometimes I'll smoke a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And then I won't smoke for, like, maybe a week or two. Sometimes maybe I won't smoke, like, two, three days and I'll smoke. It really depends. But I, I've come to accept that I'm a stoner and I don't give a shit. I think it's awesome. Um, but it's the one thing other than coffee, which, like I said, even coffee I've kind of cut back. Uh, and I will cut back. Um, I'm, I'm running advertisements on Facebook and that's about $3 a day. So I think I'm, when I get to Ottawa in the next three weeks, I think I'm going to sparingly drink, buy coffee at least. Might steal my sister's coffee. <laughs> hey, Steph, can I steal coffee? But no. I might try, like, if there's, like, a specialty coffee shop, I might try that. But, I mean, $3 a day, I'd rather put it towards advertisement. Um, we're going to get into that, too, because I think it's incredible um, social media and what you can do with it. But... But yeah, marijuana, like, man, you can definitely get benefit from it. And use it to think about things you don't normally, you're too busy to think about in your normal day-to-day life. Like, how kind are you to people? And uh, this morning, I do quotes on my Instagram. At Health and Swell, you already heard about it. You Now now that you know, you know. Get on that shit before I'm too famous and, and um, we'll be able to follow you back. JK, I don't give a shit about followers. Um, little segue. I think people that worry too much about followers are missing the point. You're going to get followers by providing value in your content. So here's a pro tip, man. If you're a business and you're trying to create your brand, if you're trying to create a personal brand, or whatever you're doing, don't worry about who's following you, uh, followers and all that shit. Worry about your content and providing value and being authentic and real. Um, worrying about followers is a surefire way to not get followers because people see through that shit. If you like, man, even I don't even think I figured it out yet. I think deep down I still care about it, but I'm getting better and better. And I've noticed that when I'm more authentic and just straight to the point, people like that better, which is um, cool. But it's it's still something like it's hard to not care because you get a dopamine rush or dopamine or serotonin, one of the two, when you uh, get likes on Facebook or Instagram or social media. So forget about that shit. Just try to be real. Do something that you think would get no likes. That You'd be surprised. You might get the most likes doing that because that's, some, that's just like the next, that's a step, man. Be honest. Be authentic. We're coming to a point where, where and I'm going to talk about this. Like I'm talking about social media and this. This is what I want to fucking talk about. Yeah, see, that's another thing. When you smoke, you you think you really start, you, 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 it clicks in your brain. Like, this is what I want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? So, lighten it up again. So yeah, that's pretty dope. But yeah, like, fuck, man. That's the one thing that must look you, you lose your train of thought a little bit. But marijuana, use it for good. And use it to talk about the things you want to talk about. Okay, so topics that we can talk about that have nothing to do with nutrition. Well, I just want to start by saying, though, about nutrition. Man, like, it's fucked up, man. It's just fucked up. Like, I'm getting a little high now, so this is going to be funny. It's fucked up. Like, straight up. We've been lied to, pretty much. And I don't think it's a malicious thing, but we've been lied to about nutrition. And for me, it, 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 it's it's why I, I my new philosophy when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to life in general, is like, we don't know shit. Because a lot of the 
like we we view science almost like a religion today. Like if science says something, we we, we consider it fact, which is cool because science is always trying to uncover the truth, and that's how science works. It's trying to improve, 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 and always get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to truth. But truth is infinite. Like like we'll never be right at any given time because it's always growing. And stuff like that. And and if you look at any generation, they've been wrong about all the things they thought were fact. So, man, look. We figured out that fat is good for us. We figured out that humans thrive on animal foods. But there's more to figure out, right? Going carnivore is definitely not the answer. I mean, it's the answer for me because I'm, I'm fucking sensitive to everything. It's answering for a lot of people because of that. But that's not the be-all, end-all nutrition. Are you dumb? Like, no. We don't know shit, everyone. We don't know shit. Man, our fucking grandparents thought smoking was good, right? Like, come on. We know a little more, but we're never going to know shit, alright? Health and swell philosophy. We don't know shit. And living life like that, pretending like you don't know anything and just trying to be open to learning things? Trust. Trust. You're going to feel way better, man. It's a way easier life to live. I want to get to a point where I don't even know where the fucking prime minister or the presidents are. Like, fuck that shit. I don't even care. And I'm a big political person. Like, let me tell you. Um, I guess I'll do a little politics shit right now. I'm all over the place, by the way, which is kind of how I wanted to do things. Um, I wanted to be raw and real, baby. But yeah, politics. Um, man, the Democrats in the states are fucking dumb. I mean, there's so many of them running for a position. And because of that, calling it Donald Trump. Gonna get another four years. <laughs> that fucking guy. Look, uh, Donald Trump's a, a fucking idiot in a lot of ways, but he's also really intelligent. Um, he's a great brander. Um, the issue is he's promoting this dumb, dumb, dumb way of looking at things, which I don't appreciate, but he's real. And I don't agree with anything he says. I don't agree with what he stands for. I think he's harmful. But, man, I hate to say this, he's a necessary reaction right now because without him, man, I don't think we'd have a crazy left-wing reaction to this and as someone who's very very left-minded a libertarian lefty uh we need that right now i mean what's going on with the left wing right now is absolutely out of control it's almost as out of control as what's going on with the right wing the only difference is left wing has de- have decent ideologies because they're more progressive and progression will always win that's why i don't understand why anyone will fight for conservative ideologies but uh, someone that i met here in toronto brought up a good point they said that without the right wing and the conservatives, things might move too quickly. I think that's true. And what I want with this podcast is um, I want to take what Joe Rogan's pretty much done about open discourse and be less biased than Joe Rogan. Nothing against Joe Rogan. Because it's cheap. But he's a little too much on the side of these kind of like rightish wing libertarian folks ish, kind of like the Jordan Peterson who are saying, look, I'm not a lefty, I'm not a lefty. I mean, I'm not a right wing, I hate the right wing nationalists. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you do. But he's promoting, like, it's still not progressive enough, in my opinion. And he kind of, like, is biased towards those type people. These, like, people like, look, open discourse. Like, Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson types, um, what's his face? That religion dude. I forget his name now. Fucking Harris. Sam Harris. Um, and I want to be, I want to get like some ultra lefties on this fucking podcast too. Like I want to get righties, lefties, probably not ultra right because I just fucking hate those people. The, the, 
Let's, I want to make something clear. I mean, because I'm, I'm critical of the ultra left, which I am, because I really think the answer for progression is more in open discourse, in, in a true open discourse. And that's not Jordan Peterson mentioned hero types, because I do think their opinions are a little problematic. But, um, taking that idea of how they kind of treat things, but making it true, like getting the voices of the ultra left and the trends, and making it to a point where doesn't matter what your political opinions are. All that matters is that we can talk about it and we can make decisions that are going to be beneficial to the whole. I really think politics in general are going to change and go out of favor in the sense that we have so much data that we don't really need like this left-wing, right-wing thing. So I think politics are going to change moving forward. We're going to look back at this time. Um, like I said, I want, I want in 50 to 100 years when we look back at this time and be like, wow, we were fucking inefficient idiots. I think war is inefficient. I think the way we look at the economy is inefficient. I think um, how we treat healthcare is inefficient. I mean, like, just so many things. I think I think it's time for change. Look, we have solutions to a lot of these current problems that the boomers have kind of created. Um, hey, let's fix the environment, eliminate carbon emissions quickly. We can do it. We got technology out there. We got people like Elon Musk is just fucking changing the world. Like, we can do the change. We can fix today's problems. Like, the millennials, Gen Xers, or whatever, we can fix today's problems. We know how to do it. We're going to create whole new problems, obviously. We're not going to be right. Like I said, we don't know shit, right? We're going to create whole new problems. But I'm okay with that. I want new problems. I don't want these old problems anymore. They're stupid. We don't need these old problems. Like, fuck. We got a new way of doing things now, boomers. Like, shut the fuck up. And this Alabama thing, like, oh my fucking God. Like, look, it's never going to last because it's so anti-progression that, of course, it's never going to last. What's happening right now, man? What about the people that are going to be affected now? I mean, people are going to get abortions no matter what. So these fucking old racist, fucking insensitive boomers who are just trying to hold on to your fucking last little grip of strength on the world, fuck off. Like, seriously, get the fuck out of here. Go retire to fucking Florida. I am sorry if I'm being fucking harsh. But, like, it's done. You're done now. Thank you very much. Bye. I, it's just, I'm sorry, but I'm, not even, I'm being way too Canadian right here. I'm not sorry. Fuck you, boomers. And I'm including the ones that aren't even agree with, like, the racism and all that shit. I mean, I don't think all boomers are bad people. I just think they're... they're, they're just stop trying now. Like, you, we got you. Don't worry. Like, I'm going to say this story because I'm still a little gutted about this. All right. Uncle Carlo, you're making a mistake, buddy. You are making a mistake when it comes to this Airbnb thing. Like, look, I try to set up Airbnb so my parents could start getting past the streams of income and they could retire half the year. My dad could be an Uber driver. Like, my dad had fucking cancer. He had cancer. He doesn't want to go back to his dumb, stressful job, but the thing is, he kind of has to because, you know, they, he's got benefits, all these cool things, whatever. I get it. But I'm trying to tell them that in, in this day and age, like, you don't need to live a, a traditional life anymore. And I did all the research for Airbnb, and I set it up, and I knew that living in LaSalle, we could set up an Airbnb, and it would be a gold mine because we could charge less. We're not in the city core, and LaSalle is close enough to downtown so you don't need to worry about, like, you don't have to worry. It's so easy to get to downtown from LaSalle. It's just, and it's cool. There's water 
LaSalle's gentrifying, line, whether people want to believe it or not. Go look what happened to Redondo because of that LaSalle's gentrifying line in this awesome fucking neighborhood. You're going to see next 10 years in LaSalle is going to become the hippest area. You're going to see all the industry closed down. You're going to see fucking little, like, funky, like, bars and, like, old warehouses open up just like Mile End. All by the water, you're going to see little funky cafes open up. It's going to be fucking nuts what's going to happen in LaSalle in the next 10, 20 years. And it's already starting to happen. Look at what's happening now. Meditate, and you're going to see what's happening now, and you're going to be able to, like, you want a you real estate advice? Advice? Start buying Laval. Start buying an RDP. Start buying these off-island, suburby places you never thought were going to gentrify because the metro is going to get expanded. That's one. So places like Laval are going to get gentrified. Students are going to start moving there. Young professionals are going to start moving there even though they're working in the city. You're going to see. And LaSalle being so close and we're done, which is, oh my God, we're done like the best place in the city right now. So, yeah, there's some advice, all right? Invest in those places. But man, what was I even fucking talking about? So I set it all up. I did all the research. I made sure that my uncle who owns the place is going to be benefit. Uh, he wants some place open anyway because his, his daughter comes into town sometimes. And this was their house, right? So she kind of likes that. And Christmas, they stay there in that place. I don't live there anymore. So I set it up so that ideally my parents can start making passive stream of income. Uh, I was going to make very, very little. And I am a big believer that it's better to... Ask for permission than beg for, for. I mean, it's better to ask for forgiveness than beg for permission or beg for forgiveness and ask, oh, whatever. It's something like that. Just do shit, right? Then ask about it. Don't be so afraid. So I set it up and sure enough, bam, we get booked right away. But then the old fucking boomer in him, like, dude, it's okay to let like your daughter, your me, like 20 year olds, to maybe make some this like talk to you about doing things. And I just think like, you know what, man? Go do it on your own, Uncle Carlo. And I don't even give a shit if you listen to this and think I'm an asshole. I don't care, man, anymore. You're making a mistake. Go figure it out on your own. And I think a lot of boomers just need to shut up and let things be and listen to the new millennials. Like, listen to the millennials. Stop saying we're lazy. Stop saying all this bullshit. We understand the world better than you now because it's current. This is how, what we're living in, okay? You're out of touch. And that's okay. We're going to be out of touch too. The fucking G- Gen Zers or whatever they fucking call them, they're going to call us big dumb fucking idiots too. And uh, you know what? I really hope that uh, at least one thing we can do is let them, when they reach 25 or whatever, let them start making decisions. Let, start listening to them more. Like you're, you're talking, we don't know shit? Fuck, the boomers really don't know shit. But I've got you, Uncle Carlo. I've got you, mom and dad. We've all got you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure that you can thrive in our world because it's our world now. All right? We're trying to help you. Like, please, dude. You should have listened to me. You should have spoken to me about the Airbnb thing rather than freak out. So basically, he made all the bookings we had in July. We had to cancel, right? It's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Um, I'm sorry, man, but Uncle Carlo, dude, you, you're making a mistake, and I hope you realize that because I'm not helping you anymore, man. You lost your chance. All right? You lost your fucking chance, and um, it's a mistake. Passive stream of income is a great thing in 2019. Now, I know, like, one of my biggest mentors is Gary Vaynerchuk, but he thinks passive income is a, a, a load of shit. How much passive streams of income do you have, Gary? 
I bet you have a lot. I get what you're saying, though. I think it's full of shit to, to, to try to live this life where I can just become like a social media marketing ma major. I can just drop shit by everything, or I can just do that. No, no, no. No, no. You got to work towards your brand. Build your brand, and you're going to naturally get passive streams of income. Look into investing. Study your ass off about that. Work hard toward it. Sports betting. Hey, maybe start looking into um, investing into the NFL or the sports market. You'd be surprised how similar it is to the stock market. Go look at trends. Go look at how that shit works. People like to say, oh, it's all luck. I don't know, man. Uh, all you need to do is make 55% on all your bets, and you are going to make money. All right? So work hard. Build your brand. Leverage social media to build your brand. Whatever your passion is, do a shit ton of work towards that. Then you're going to start creating passive streams of income. And you can do whatever the fuck you want in life. So Gary, man, I, I get what you're saying. Like, look, don't think that you could just like do nothing and work very little to get everywhere. No, 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 no. It's not, that's not what it is. You work hard. But you find what you are going to be happy with. You put all your effort into doing that. Taste around like social media, marketing, um, real estate, investments, the sports investments, um, poker maybe, stuff like that, drop shipping, all these little things, taste it, but focus on your passion. That's what Gary's trying to get across, and I agree with that. But to say, dude, that passive stream of income is not the way of doing it in this day and age, you're fucked, because most of how you're making money is passive stream of income, whether you want to believe it or not. So, yeah, that's something you need to consider, man. So, Airbnb, I think, is a great way to make passive stream of income. I think it's awesome. I think Uber is a little less cool because um, I think Uber is going to start fucking up the system, man. And I think they're already getting paid shits, not enough. The drivers and the, the, I just feel so bad for the cabs. Like, I feel really bad for cab drivers. You know what I'm saying, bro? You know what I'm saying, but... Airbnb, uh, there's problems with that, too. The issue is, what's eventually going to happen, there's going to be so many short-term rentals, it's going to be hard for people to get affordable housing, like students and shit like that. Uh, so you got the ultra-lefties defending against it, but you lost. I'm sorry. And I'm hoping there's going to be other ways to co-op short-term rental so that I could maybe compete with Airbnb, open up the market a bit. That's what I hope. Same thing with like marijuana. I think that the government is going to, in Canada at least, I think the government's going to open up the market for uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, they're going to have to. It's not just going to be government-run, which I think is a really, really cool future. And I really think we're entering the digital entrepreneur age. You're going to see a lot of self-made millionaires come out, including myself. I already know. I said... Six months ago, seven months ago, maybe nine months ago, something like that. I said I'd be a millionaire in three years, and I think I'm well on my way. I'm not making any money right now, but I am going to keep going and going and going. I'm going to work stupid jobs. That, well, stupid in the sense that, like, nothing to do with what I'm doing. I'm going to grind and make that shit. And, uh, yeah. Like I said, my life's fucking interesting right now. I mean, not only the brain surgery shit, which I already talked about. I mean, right now, I literally have sold most of my shit, and I'm traveling. Just finished up a stint, pretty much finishing up a stint of uh, about two weeks in Toronto, fell in fucking love with the city, the beaches especially is one of the best areas in the city, Cabbage Town, Kensington Market, um, and also I really, really like Leslieville, but I didn't get to visit it nearly enough, um, so I still got, I didn't even get to go to Trinity Bellwoods, West Side though looks hella dope, 
But Toronto is fucking awesome. It's no Montreal, but nothing is. Straight up, Toronto is awesome. So I decided I'm just going to travel because it's really good for my career. It's good for my swell media. Swell media. It's fucking sick. I'm fucking traveling the world. I don't. I want to get a lot of money. I have a little bit of money coming in. Can't really talk about that secret, but you know, I got a little bit of money coming in. But it's nowhere near what I need to be coming in, man. Um, and the only way that's going to get better is by continuing r- ripping out content. So social media has become a really, really big part of my life. And the reason for this is because once when, when I started um, getting into shape and doing all this shit, and this is how it all started. It's how my whole nutrition blog and all healthandswellness.net, how Swell Media even came to be. Story of Swell Media is because I uh, went to this wine and cheese in November 2018. And uh, I had a really cool outfit. I had my, um, what you call it, I had a fedora on. And I looked pretty, I had a scarf on. It was like a fancy-ish type event, but I wanted to be a little different. So, I took a picture. And I had a crudite broccoli in my mouth, like a raw broccoli. And I just was holding it in my mouth. And I posted on Instagram and I did the caption. Don't forget to eat your veggies. But he's funny. Pretty dope picture because it was a professional picture in front of like a cool thing, right? Anyways. So I decided, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to get this noticed a little more and get more likes. So I did what I only think I knew how to do. I went to like celebrities' pages and I started commenting on them and leaving comments. And then, bro, I, I'm telling you, everybody... The craziest thing happened. I It blew up. Like, not to the max. But I got like 700 likes in like maybe a month. And then I started getting followers. And I got up to like 1,200 followers via the following, follow back things. I didn't really know what I was doing. And that's when I discovered Gary Vaynerchuk. And that's when I started researching social media strategy. And it clicked. These social media influencers, these brands on social media that have got all these followers and all this shit. It's not fluky. I used to think that these people were just good looking and they, they were fluky. No, 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 no. They, they, they worked at it. They worked at it, worked at it, worked at it, worked at it, worked at it. So for a while, a while all I really cared about is the likes and the followers. Started producing content maybe once, twice a day if I had cool things. And then I started doing a nutrition blog um, and then I started getting to Gary Vee and I did a healthitswellness.net and I started looking into everything online and then I realized holy shit I'm producing content a motivation nutritional content and just me being a, a legend <laughs> kidding I'm not that arrogant I started producing content and I realized wait a minute I'm creating a media company and the whole point of Swell Media is really to create an alternative honest media that's never some sort of advertisement I'm against selling the ultimate goal is I want to give away a lot of my money that I earn through whatever means um, and I don't really want to sell in the traditional sense anymore. I think traditional advertising is is done. The way to sell and promote your brand and what I think is going to be, I think in 20 years, what we consider to be entertaining, what we consider to be um, marketing, branding, it's all going to be based on podcasts. It's going to be based on speech. It's going to be based on 
honest, and uh, I think a lot of the celebrities are going to be people that are just going to be stretch, uh, stretch, <laughs> Twitch streaming and doing like live streaming. I think that's going to be the new celebrity. We're going to obviously have celebrities-ish that are going to be in film, but I think film is going to become more and more artsy, and it's going to be different. And the way we consume entertainment, it's going to be more about regular folks just talking in front of a camera. We're going to be like, yo, that's dope. Look at that guy. They're going to be doing shit like eating more, all this shit, like eating on camera, doing normal things that we, we, we take for granted. I think that's the next step. So the best way to promote the brand for this future is one, we need to get on the podcast uh, because voice is going to be important when smart home technology comes in. Uh, we need to start producing content on most social media. So I'm talking about the big ones, Instagram, Twitter, even Snapchat, although Snapchat I think is dying. TikTok is really important these days. The most important ones today, I think, are Instagram. Put most of your attention out to Instagram. Um, this is a strategy that a lot of people suggest because it's important. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk is also reason this. Put about like 80%, 70% into Instagram because that is where most of the attention is. Try to get the figure out the algorithms there. Do some shit on YouTube. Although YouTube is changing it. Completely, because I, uh, you can even see, it's becoming more of a hub, I like to call it. Same thing like Facebook's doing. It's becoming, like, I think in the future, your house and YouTube and Facebook and Google, it's all going to be part of your house and your life, and those things are going to be the same, right? And they're going to house, they're going to house apps. Um, Amazon is going to house apps. Amazon is going to be where you get most of your food most of your products and that's why it's so important to have a brand because you don't want to be you want to be able to be like hey at home get me a swell media this the swell this the swell that snickers coca-cola like those brands aren't going to go the big 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 brands aren't going to go away but you want your brand to, to, to survive when the next recession hits man so that's why branding is most important and the only way to build a brand for the future is by getting on podcasts being authentic, not trying to be the old way of selling a product. No, 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 man. You want, don't sell a product. Just be real. Because no one gives you shit anymore, man. No one trusts fucking like phony advertising or shit like that because it's just not real. And in this day and age, we need realness because everything's fake. You can go on social media and say what the fuck you want, right? So you need to be real. You need to be authentic. So look, you want to be ahead of the game? Start being fucking authentic and genuine. Start talking about things like what your shit looked like in the morning. Start doing things like that. You'd be surprised. People are going to like it. We're not there yet. We're early. Like The way I look at it is like five, ten years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, haha, remember when no one gave a shit about what you are talking about, but you were kind of like sort of accurate about things? And I can be like, yo, Gary Vaynerchuk, man. Look, look at this, because he's talking a lot about the same things, and I, I, I believe it. I believe a lot what he says. I don't agree with everything. Like I just said, I just disagreed. I think passive income is going to be the future. That's the way to do it. Multiple streams of income. Like Warren Buffett has like over 90-something streams of income. I mean, obviously, look how much money he has, right? Huh. Yeah. Life is too fucking short. To fucking waste it. Not doing something you love, people. It's too fucking short. And that's why I'm traveling. Because I realize, man, this is what I like doing, man. I like just exploring. I don't spend a lot of money. I spent... Twice I spent $50 in a day here in Toronto. Most of the time I'm spending anywhere between 10 and 20 bucks a day. And that's in Toronto. 
And the only reason I was spending that much is because, I gotta be honest, I spent a lot of food, man. But I'm going to Ottawa, and Ottawa's gonna be different. I think I'm gonna work more on my book, I'm gonna get a lot of reading done, I think I'm gonna do a lot of hiking, walking, and yeah, I'll spend a little bit here and there, some days on that, but I I think I got more, uh, I think I'm gonna live a more my type of life. Like, I was starting to do Toronto, like, the last four days have actually been some of my best days, because I've kind of just been, I realized what, what my routine in Toronto is. Like, where do I like to hang out? Um, and I wasn't doing, like, wasn't so worried about seeing this or seeing that. I was just like, no, I know what to do here, man. I wake up, and, I, like, in this area of the beaches, I know where to go. Like, I found this place called Casamia that has important ha imported ham. And yesterday was a great day. I'm like, I'm not feeling well, right? So I'm like, you know what? Why don't you just take a day and, like, live in the city? Like, how you live? And you lived here. You know? And so I went walking around. I got my 10,000 steps and more. And I went to Queen Street. I looked around. I went to go meditate. Like outside, went by the beach. I saw the sunrise. And then I went to go eat lunch. I had like ate breakfast, steak, eggs, butter. Looking felt great. Then I went to uh, Casamia, like I said, to get some imported uh, prosciutto, some imported serrano ham, and have lunch. And then, then that's my day. I'm going to do a lot of walking it is a little bit of exercise i got some sun that's like an ideal normal day for me i like like i know that's not that's somewhat that makes me happy i'm a fucking carnivore i like eating outside eating eating cheese eating food and um reading and learning listening i listened to like three podcasts yesterday i like being in the outdoors and i like exploring so like I didn't need to go downtown today but like other days in Toronto like I like going downtown like I like going to the St. Lawrence Market for lunch too because St. Lawrence Market has all these different meats all over the place you need to figure out what your thing is for other people in Toronto their thing might be fucking go to McDonald's first thing in the morning or go to Tim Hortons in the morning that's actually that's part of my routine um, when I wake up early enough I will go get a coffee at Tim Hortons just for the fact that it's the only fucking place in the city that is open at 5.30am which I think is bullshit there should be so many more places open that early, man, so you can just hang out, use the Wi-Fi. You know what I'm saying? That's something that I think is important. Have a little routine in the morning. Your morning routine is sick. Um, that's something I guess I could talk about, morning routine. My morning routine is pretty much that. No matter where I am, I like that morning routine. Wake up like 4.30, 5 a.m., that's the ideal, sometimes 5.30 a.m., if I can. I mean, look, some nights you're going to wake up, days you're going to wake up earlier. Ideally, I like waking up before the sun's up. Like, this morning, I've been up since 4. I feel fucking awesome. Um, and I go for a walk. and get some water, right? I go for a walk. Um, about 30-ish minutes is good. I think it's a good style walk. I uh, used to, sometimes it's just 10 minutes, I feel. But I'll go for a walk, and then I'll either do light... I, I'll either not do exercise... Um, it depends on, okay, it's either I'm going to go on a long walk and not exercise, or I'm going to go on a shorter walk and then do my intense exercise. And um, that is what I really, really need to talk about because I think I have been in Toronto and the amount of walking I've been doing, the amount of more intense, like, hiking type exercises and yoga and shit like that, I've come to realize... It, depending on your goals, like, look, if you want to be an extreme athlete, you're going to need to train an extreme amount. You want, you want to do bodybuilding, of course, you have to train differently. But for overall health, and I'm talking really good health to the point where you have a six-pack, you have great muscle development, um, you need to work out 
minimally in the sense like look I, I think even I was over training to, a, to a, a sense you need to work out every day that's one thing but what you're doing to work out is different if you were walking like 30,000 steps you know what I mean like 50,000 steps a day on some days going uphill uh, doing some yoga doing some four minute tabatas here and there that is more than enough. And then you supplement that with one day of high intensity interval training, one day of like kettlebell training, intense, and one lifting day. And by lifting day, I'm talking deadlifts, a bench, like mix and match your kettlebell, like. If you're doing a kettlebell day, you're going to be doing squats there too. You're going to be doing deadlifts. But make sure you're, when you're lifting, make it heavy. Do deadlifts and rows and the easiest, most simple workouts you can do and switch it up. And that's, the rest of the day is just walk, do yoga. Because our ancestors, and like I said, you can do one day, you can do like a high intensity interval thing, like you do some sprints or I don't know, shit like that. Every once in a while, do some sprints. But most of your health is going to come from getting sunshine, going for long walks, getting your ten to 30,000 or more steps a day, going on hikes, yoga, meditation. That's where your real health is going to come in. Supplement it with maybe some once a week. Do heavy lifting and switch it up what type of lifting you should do. Once a week, do kettlebell stuff. Heavy as well if you want. But even that, You don't like. You can do heavy kettlebells once a week, and that could be your your lifting. Like honestly, so fitness is not as hard as we're making it out to be. And those people that are saying you need to go to the gym every day, like I don't think that's the way to do it. And if you want to live more ancestrally, which I like to do, you want to eat your your meat while walking on the street. You want to get that prosciutto and bite into it, and then pick up heavy things and move it around, man. You know what? Just do shit like that. Do kettlebell shit. Do some sprints once in a while. Get sun and do some fucking intense walking. And uh, jogging even is really good for your brain. So yeah, that's, that's what I think fitness is. Um, and that's how you're really going to look the best in my opinion. I mean, look, like I said, it all depends on your goals. You want to be a bodybuilder, then yeah, you're going to have to go to the gym a lot. Right? You want to get lean and stuff in your fitness competitions, yeah, you're going to have to go to the gym a lot. But really, if you want to just be like, like look like a fucking warrior... Lift once a week heavy. Lift heavy once a week. Do some like in shorter, intense style workouts two, two, maybe three times a week. And you're fucking golden. Stretch, yoga, meditation, and walking and getting sun. That's where the majority of your... your and eating a lot of meat. Uh, straight up. Straight up. So we'll end, I guess, this talking again about nutrition like I like to do. Um, it looks like I'm not even going to get into film. You know what? This is all I'm going to say about film. I'm a fucking film buff. I'm going to do the next solo show might be just about film because I could talk forever. But in the show notes, I'm going to put my top 25 films because I'm always saying, yo, top 25. When I consider a movie fantastic, one of the best films I've ever seen, it's top 25. And I'm actually going to sit down and do a legit list for the show notes, all right, three? So that's all I'm going to talk about, Phil. But to end this, we're another maybe 10 minutes. We're gonna. This is going to be the longest episode, and it's just me. Can you believe that? 
I'm talking about the carnivore diet and how you need to do it. Because I see, if you want to do a carnivore diet, alright? I just want to talk about how the way not to be a carnivore, okay? Don't diss vegans, even though it's the dumbest fucking thing. Inform them. But don't just make fun of vegans for being and be aggressive like a lot of the carnivore influencers are doing. And I know the only reason they're doing it is because a lot of people like that. I think that's harmful, man. Because then you're just going to be like vegans trying to think, this is the only way to eat. Like, nah, bro. It's dumb. Don't do that. Don't do that shit, bro. So. Way to be a carnivore. This is the best way to be a carnivore. Alright? It's not even just about eating. I think that it's a lifestyle, man. One. You need to focus. Are you ready for this? You're going to want to... You need to focus on animal fats. Specifically. One's coming from butter... And like lard, if you're talking about pigs, from butter and just general fat. That should be the main focus of your diet. Most of your calories should be coming from that. Don't be afraid of them. Source them well. Don't be getting the store-bought butter. Try to get raw from a farm you know if you can. Grass-fed butter from pastured animals. First of all, it tastes better. Second of all... You get all the vitamins, vitamin A. You get a lot of vitamin D, which is, you know what? If you're living in North America, you're not getting enough vitamin D straight up. So focus on that. You can also get ghee. Like, source it again well. Ghee's good. Um, but my favorite fats in the world is pig fat, lard. Do Try to get it unrendered. That's like sick because you cut off the skin. You fry up the skin. You get like crispy skin. You get the collagen in the skin. Oh, my God. You put a little salt. Bam, bam, real good. And then the, the fat, you fry that up, man, it tastes just like bacon. Same thing goes with suet. That's beef fat. Eat a lot of that shit. It's delicious one, and you're going to get so many vitamins and nutrients, and don't be afraid of it. It's not going to make you fat because, man, it's going to provide you energy, and it's got, oh, my God, it's just so good for you, and it raises, it, it helps because you get cholesterol, which is just incredible for you. We're going to, I've talked about cholesterol. We're going to talk more about that in the future. I don't want to get too, too much into it, but I will put a resource in the show notes for you, probably one I've already put, but check it out again, all right? I'm all about getting that saturated fat and cholesterol from animals. That should be your focus. That should be your number one focus. The number two focus is organs. And straight up, liver. Liver from animals. So that includes cod liver. Cod liver oil. But I think you should, you should, if you want to, you should take cod liver oil along with liver. Uh, But it's, you know, I'm not even taking that yet. I will eventually, but it requires like different, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily have to use that all the time, right? Liver has your vitamin A that you're going to need in the highest amount. It's got vitamin C too, which you're going to need. You don't get that in all the animal foods. It's got so many, it's it's legit the most nutritious thing you can eat ever. Now, a lot of you are going to be like, oh, I don't like liver. I get it. It's an acquired taste. So this is my tip for you. Go and learn how to make jerky and put a lot of cool, put a cool marion on it. Whatever it takes to get liver in, do it. All right? Because it's just, it's insane. It's like literally like a super food. And then honestly, if you do like it, eat it raw. You're going to get a lot of these cool feelings. Uh, ferment your liver. That's a whole good thing because you're going to get that vitamin K too. 
And I think vitamin K2 is fucking important. And I'll, I'll tell you how I get it most of the time, right? Liver, organs, they're just so nutritious. Kidneys are also very nutritious, but they taste horrible, all right? So just, like, I'm, I, like, don't. Um, and you got to cook, put so much seasoning to even make it good when you cook it. But raw liver, actually, when you get that taste going, man, start out doing the jerky and see if you can get the raw liver. It's actually fucking great. You source that shit, too. You make sure it's the highest quality. And if you cannot get high quality, but, like, it's still worth it to get your liver, but you got to cook that. You cannot eat it raw. I repeat, do not eat grocery store shit raw. Cook it. Or at least sear it, you know? You don't have to cook it all the way. But sear it because that will eliminate all the bacteria, right? The third thing is DHA or omega-3. So this is how you're going to get your omega-3s to the max. One, don't supplement it unless you absolutely have to. So try to get a supplement of it in case you can't get fish for whatever reason. Two, get a wild-caught fish of high quality. Like salmon, wild-caught, legit. However, if you want to get a better version of DHA from fish, get the salmon eggs. Because you're getting a more absorbable DHA. It's going to go right through the blood-brain uh, blood barrier. I'll try to find a resource for this. Expensive though, so worst case, don't get that. But the best way, in my opinion, to get DHA is through sardines. High quality or good quality sardines, which are usually good quality because they're usually wild. Because they're too small to farm. Because get them with the bones. Because then not only are you going to be getting this important thing, but you're also going to be getting your calcium, which is really, really important, right? Calcium, so we'll move on to the next thing. Another way also to get great um, absorbable DHA is through another organ in the brain, and then brain actually tastes really, really good. Uh, quick sear raw with salt. Mm. It tastes like, it's got like a, I mean, the texture is something that people don't like, but. Yeah, let's finish it up the J still, but yeah. So brain is also another really good way. But onto calcium. Um, sardines is the uh, sardines or eggshells are probably the ideal ideal way to get your calcium. In. You're gonna get enough from that. You can also always get calcium from dairy, but you gotta be careful with dairy. Um, unless, like, look, a lot of people get sensitive to, to the A1 casein protein. The thing about cows, they started producing this protein sporadically in their milk a long, long time ago. And then there's still, the original casein protein was A2, which is not as inflammatory. I mean, I can handle A2. Um, but, yeah, be careful with dairy. See if you can tolerate it. Um, there's certain dairy I think is not only tolerable pretty much for everyone, but it's also probably you should be consuming this on the regular. I'm going to get to that in a sec. So you can obviously get calcium from dairy, but I would say sardines are the best because you can get your DHA and your calcium. And then maybe like crack an eggshell too. Try to eat more things like that. Try to eat bone meal, bone, bone marrow. Um, this is something I, I wouldn't say it's on the list, but you consume bone marrow, the connective tissue. Consume as much of the animal as you can. Chew on the ends of bones because you're going to get connective tissue. You're going to get collagen from that, which is really good. And the bone broth is a great way to do that too. Um, get that connective tissue collagen. And also, yeah, you're getting a lot of cool things. You get your glycine, which is, you need glycine and methionine. Uh, so it's good to eat, consume more glycine um, and methionine. Uh, other par parts of the animal don't have as much glycine. Uh, there's debate whether you need this glycine-methionine ratio thing. I, I don't think it's as cut and dry as like, oh my God, you need like to add so much glycine or else you're fucked. No, no, I think you're good. Just consuming like, basically eat the skins, 
uh, try like eat, eat, eat meat off the bone because you're gonna get the connective tissues. You know, you don't have to go out of your way to supplement glycine. Like, don't put collagen powder on your food. That's dumb. Just try to like eat as much, eat as as raw and real as possible, right? So, so yeah, um, that's when it comes to calcium. And then the next thing, the last thing is you want to get your vitamin K two. And you know how you're gonna do that? There's two ways you're gonna do that: imported fucking meat, cured meat. And I'm talking, you need to shell out the money to get prosciutto de Parma from Italy. There's other lower quality prosciuttos that I eat once in a while, but it has to be imported from Italy and it has to have two ingredients, salt and pork. Pork's high quality, but if you really want to really get it, you got to get prosciutto di parma. That is the qualityest one. You see it when you see it. Oh my God, it's great. It's kind of yellowy, fatty outside. You can also do porchetta from Italy. It has to be familiar. It's imported. It's got a stuff with like really good herbs and spices. Because I'm not really against herbs. I think certain herbs, if you tolerate them, add them on, right? So that's a really good one, Parqueta. Um, and then another one is from Spain called Serrano Ham. That's even higher quality. And those things have a high, one, they have a ton of nutrients. And they have a high amount of vitamin K2. And they're not talked about as health foods. Um, you got to be careful to not only consume that because it, it does have a high salt quantity, um, which can mess things up, um, potassium-wise and all that shit. So don't, only consume it, but definitely add it to your diet because you can get K2s. And another way to not only add K2, but calcium um, is through dairy, but not all dairy, okay? You want to get specifically on, I, I gotta be honest, there's really you gotta look at the Swiss, Italian, and maybe some of the French cheeses. But the French cheeses are, are better for calories. They're much better for calories, so definitely, 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 definitely consume Parmigiano Reggiano if you can because it's made from pastured animals they have the KCNA2 so it shouldn't be inflammatory and it's probably the best tasting cheese it's expensive yes but it's got the K2 it's got all these it's got the complete nutrition alright which is just fucking incredible uh, there's also some really good Swiss cheeses some of my favorites are La Maracal uh, it's created every day from raw milk it's delicious um, it's it's, I mean, if you look at the Swiss primitive people, they were eating a lot of cheese. Uh, similar cheese. So, the Maracal, you got um, Editats. I think I messed that up. I'll put resources in the show notes. Another really raw, high-quality cheese. You eat those, you're going to get all the vitamins you need and vitamins K2. And the last thing I, I, I forgot to mention, in the summer, eggs. It's pretty much a, micronut- uh, a, mi- a multivitamin. Source those two as much as you can, man. It's all about sourcing, right? Now, the rest of your calories can come from meat. All right, whatever it is, just fill it up with meat. Try to get grass-fed, grass-finished. Try to consume wild. Try to consume fish. Try to consume a wide variety of seafood. Mix and match, man. But that will give you more vitamins, right? But it's mostly just about filling your calories, okay? And then there you go. You can live a carnivore. Now, the other things you can do, work out, like I said, work out minimally. But, but as... As ancestrally as possible, make sure you are active most of the day. So be walking around in the sun. In the winter, rest more, relax more, work out less. This is going to work with your circadian way of living because in the winter we would be hibernating more. Now again, this changes depending on your goals, but yeah. 
That's the best way to be a carnivore. Drink, drink when you're thirsty. Don't just drink because you think you have to. Go in the cold. Go in the hot. Try to mimic what it would be like for our ancestors and lift things heavily, but not too often. They say whatever kills you make, is, makes you stronger. That's bullshit. Don't try to kill yourself. Just try to be the most awesome version of yourself that you could be. And honestly, I hate to say this, as animals, as human beings, when you look at the anthropological data, it's not just health data, anthropological data. I'll try, give you some resources from Mickey Bendor. We are meant to be consuming animals because that is our natural human diet. Now, if you want to be vegan... Look, uh, hit me up. That's healthandswell at gmail.com for any nutrition consultations. As we end this, I will talk about this. I can help you out if you want to. If you really, really want to be vegan, hey man, good for you. There's ways to do it, but we're almost. I would say the majority of us. You don't need to go carnivore like me. You can eat your veg. You can eat your grains even, but do not. Forget about your animal foods, especially the ones that I've just mentioned, okay? You're going to live a way, way better life if you incorporate these, these into your life, okay? So, that's all I'm going to talk about today. I, I think I'm going to definitely do one of these each season. So, we only have one more episode with my sister. I will talk about this in a bit. But yeah, other than that, thank you so much for listening, alright? We'll talk soon. I cannot believe I spoke for two hours. That's incredible. That was really fun. I hope you really enjoyed it. I know it went for a long, long time, but I was real. I was honest. And, you know, I thought maybe I should edit some of the things. You know, I spoke pretty um, freely about a lot of things. Spoke about my past with my ex. I spoke about a lot of things that I didn't necessarily want to share. But I re-listened to it and... Screw it, man. I'm all about being authentic and real, and that's how I was feeling. I don't like scripting any of that stuff, so we're going to leave it as is, and I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, you can follow me on my social medias, Instagram, everything really is at Health and Swell, and check me out on my Twitch stream Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. I'm about to actually just do one. Uh, that's Health and Swell. And then definitely go to www.patreon.com forward slash health and swell. Uh, That way you can become a member of the Swell Fam and be a legend in the making. You know what I'm saying? One last thing, too. If you like this podcast, if you didn't like this podcast, it doesn't really matter. Please leave me a review at Apple Podcasts. This is going to allow me to, one, get more visibility, which will, two, allow me to get more guests. And we're going to just make this podcast legit. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And like I said, we got one more episode after this. And it's going to be with my sister that will be released next week. But until then, as always... Go crush it.